1: This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X.
2: Sportos, motorheads, geekbloods, wastoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All
3: right. It is Thursday, June 1st. Happy June to you. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you once again from the remote University of Louisville College of Business studios here in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Visit business.louisville.edu. Plan your leap and apply today by visiting business.louisville.edu to see what the UofL College of Business can do for you. We're on the air today from 3 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming over the land. You know as better as the Big X Mike Rutherford here with Trevor Kelsey and TK. I was thinking about this just as the song was playing. You know, people give us a lot of crap, technical difficulties constantly. Sometimes you don't even get on the air. Sometimes you're on the air at like four. Sometimes we don't know what's going on. Like you're breaking in and out of the stream. Do you remember for the first like I don't know, 15 months of the show, how the intro song would freeze like twice a week? Yeah. That hasn't happened in a long time. Well, congratulations. It's probably going to happen tomorrow now. For all those people talking about no progress whatsoever from you guys on the technological side of things, yeah. suck it. The, the intro song has not frozen in like five months. so I think it's been longer than that. It's been a long time. We've mastered that. Yeah. Phones, not so much. I will, what Getting today? on the air, not quite. <laughs> Computers not completely, completely breaking down on us, no. YouTube cameras, coming next week. Yeah. But the intro song, mastered. Thank you. No doubt. <laughs> no, no doubt whatsoever. I uh, want to hear from you
1: today, as and about always. the old school back one. Uh, only because I keep forgetting to email the, the, the last new one I made
3: to this account. I knew it wasn't by design. I, no, I, no, I just kind of assumed that you were screwing no, something up. No, mostly by laziness. That's Well, that's usually how I assume things go here. <laughs> I want to hear from you today on the Thornton's text line. Text us your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns, your topic ideas, your reactions to Trevor's crazy thoughts, all of it at 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's. Text line, download that Refreshing Rewards app. Save you money when you need to fill up at any one of these 71,392 area Thornton's locations. There's that many of them for a reason. They know what they're doing. They're the best in the biz. Save yourself some money at the pump. Save save yourself some money inside and then text us at 502-414-1450. I, I, June is here, TK. I, 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 some of mine already is annoying me. Okay, hold on. June okay. is here. It's hot as hell. It is. I'm still feeling good. I, I feel like once you get into, once you see June, it's like, okay, it's officially summer. We can start the countdown. Summer stuff starts happening. You you, you have a little vacation here and there, have some funny distraction topics. The next thing you know, boom, it's like late July. Then, boom, fall camp started. Boom, football's here. So I, I feel it's, it's what I'm telling myself to make myself feel better about the seemingly interminable time period until football starts. But I'm feeling good. I, I like seeing that little number flipping the calendar, getting fully into summer. Now, what's on your mind, TK?
1: Well, for now, on my mind, all on my mind is here comes the boom. Ready or not, football is here. Here come the boys from the south. <laughs> here, come, here, come, here comes the boys from the south end, the Brahms. Yeah, Fern Creek. Um, Okay, so maybe I'm just hallucinating here, okay? Probably. <laughs> I'm semi-sober already. Um, So, I don't know if you know this, but I, I am a fan of Arby's. You have Arby's to ask all that. I have. I brought that up for us. so recently because so we're over meeting over and Jeff now. This would be like week two, I guess, or so. Feels like week seventeen. <laughs>
2: it's
1: like dog years over here. Uh so there's an Arby's. Not it's, it's a little farther from here. I don't get to go there as much because mainly no one in Southern Indiana knows how to actually drive properly. It takes like thirty minutes to get down a stretch of road that normal places would take like five. This is true. This is one hundred percent true. So I did, it like, but the last couple of days I tried to, like, sneak over there and get out early. This is getting here. That's why I leave early for is to get to Arby's before I come to the show. And I've been going to the Arby's over in Lewis and Clark. And I get the same thing I get every time. I the same one I get the one over by the other station. Double roast beef, marshmallow yellow. Same price. I've noticed, though, I'm starting to think the one over by the other studio is being very skimpy with their roast beef. Mm. Like, I don't know if you can, like, look how big the sandwich is. It's a big boy. That's a big, that's a double road speed here. Like, this is like, I'm big Montana at the other one. I'm trying to think I'm getting, like, the Ron to the deal over in Tales of Road. You had to find someone who could love you right to realize that you've been loved wrong all these years before. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. That should be on a card or a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lyric. (laughs) No. You just make it up? Well, yeah. Was it part of your vows? Yes. (laughs)
2: Yes.
3: <laughs> I worked meant? Arby's into my vows. It was a reverse. <laughs> I tied our love into Arby's. Now I'm tying Arby's back into love. Well, I'm just I don't, Yeah. I'm just, that's,
1: it is beautiful. Shots fired. I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm curious. I mean, is this, is this like they just take, they taking me for granted over that Arby's? Like, oh, he'll come back anyway. I think. You, we'll just give him a single roast beef. They, have we been, have I been paying for a double this whole time and only getting a single?
3: I think that's what's been happening. And yeah, they're like, you know, he can't, he's got no other options. He's going to. Nobody, who would ever want Trevor to come to their Arby's? And then other Arby's all over the country are like, you know what? I find Trevor charming. I will gladly accept his business, and I will treat him right. And now that Arby's back home is crying, wants you back, and you may not go back to that Arby's.
1: I mean, I do know, I can confirm the Arby's on, on Taylor's, but we'll, we'll call it Lobo Arby's for the for sake of argument. Okay. Uh, the manager there, I guess he's a man. I think he's a manager. He is a diehard 49ers fan. Hmm. And he is obviously knows I'm an Eagles fan. I don't think I hide it very well, especially during the season when I'm wearing all the gear. And you know, he was—I didn't give him too much crap. The fact that you know we, you know, pretty much took him out in the woodshed. It happened. It happened. Uh, It is there's it is a fact. But I wonder if that has anything to do with like—is he just bitter at me?
3: Because I don't know. Maybe maybe he just started doing the. I mean, if someone uh, was going to mess with your food because of your sports fandom, I would say getting less roast beef than you're supposed to is the best case scenario. Because I, I don't know, I'm starting. I would to hate uh, to imagine <laughs> what else. Would would getting only half my actual
1: order that I paid for be worse than I don't know if he just dropped it on the floor and picked it up?
3: Yeah, little pubes in your roast beef. That <laughs> I, I would say I'd I'd rather have just the less roast beef.
1: <laughs> I mean, it depends on what kind of roast beef I'm getting. Is it fresh? <laughs>
3: God, I
1: don't know.
3: Uh, we, we, we've got the, a decent amount to get to. Same today. Way to
1: this from this, buddy. We've got I like uh, challenging you.
3: It was deadline night last night for college hoop stars. Uh, a number of big names uh, elected to return to college. A number elected to stay in the NBA draft, and then some elected to return to college but leave their current programs. We'll discuss that and how it affects the landscape of the sport moving forward. It's also NBA Finals Game One night. Uh, As the Heat and the Nuggets battle it out in the battle of two teams that people don't really seem to care that much about, but we'll probably watch because it's summer and there's not a whole lot else going on. The Reds, oh my God, are electric right now. I've got Reds fever. You thought I had Reds fever yesterday. Ratcheted up to a million after last night. And the Bats continue rolling. We'll talk with Nick Curran at 4.15 about the red-hot Louisville Bats. Winners of seven of eight. Ellie De La Cruz still doing big things. Christian Acrazy on stand blasting grand slams last night they're taking Wooster to the Wooshed shed <laughs> that's terrible I'm so sorry. I regret nothing about what I just said. I loved it. Thank you. I that appreciate goes that. on a shirt, too. Yeah, yeah it, it's all good. I've got thoughts, general thoughts on some TV that I've been watching recently because I'm getting back to, to TV, and I'm sure we'll have plenty of nonsense to get to. But, TK, how was your – again, it's hot out there, but it's... we're having a good Thursday. How was your Wednesday? How's your Thursday been so far?
1: Uh, Wednesday was excellent. Uh got home, watched, uh, watched AW. Our boy Orange Cassidy did a tag team match with uh, uh, Darby Allen and won. At a boy, he didn't get to, he didn't get the pin, but he got the win. He's That's all that matters. He's clearly about to, he, and he has a big defense next week. I'm I'm worried about this one. I am. We're, we. He's got Swerve Strickland, who I, I I'm a big Swerve Strickland fan, and I think he's this might be the time to take the belt off Orange. You've been worried for a while now, and Orange just keeps proving you wrong. Well, he I thought they were going to do it at the Battle Royal, and it came down to him and Swerve, and they had the the He ended up eliminating Swerve and. Uh, I I think I think it's going to be next week. I think we we get the belt switch. I think it's time to give Swerve a good push, and I think he deserves
3: it. Well, I'm ready for that, but then I want Orange Cassidy to push for the big belt. That's well, when, he, he needs to lose that belt before he can go for the world championship or whatever. Is.
1: That is that is true. I don't know if he ever will. Oh, but it's happening. He he could he could He's the biggest it, star
3: in the game right now.
1: That's usually what happens when you lose the worker man's belt. You, that's usually the sign that you're on the the path next to going for the big belt. That used to be the old kind of tradition. So, possibly, that's maybe that where he's headed. I don't know. Um over that, it was, it was a solid show. Wasn't, uh, good promo. Good promo show from the aftermath of Double or Nothing, but uh, you know, nothing bad. And then I was going to watch the second half of the American Gladiators, and I forgot. No. That happens, I know. Because uh, I ended up starting, after the AW, I was like, well, let me start Ted Lasso. So, I did start Ted Lasso last okay. night. Uh, you have not, I assume? I have not. Okay. I, I got through episode five last night. Jeez. So I did watch the first five, um, and I started watching six, but it was like three in the morning or four in the morning or something, I just started falling asleep. I was like, I can't, I can't start So I'll restart it tomorrow. So far, not bad. I'm liking it. Okay, good. A couple things I have some something to talk to about, but we'll, we'll
3: save we'll that. we get to watch. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get, get there.
1: Yeah. I'm I, not going to spoil just yet. I'll give you a few more days until I ruin your
3: your your Please don't. dreams. I I keep getting people <laughs> who are like, well. Who are like texting me and like sending me DMs and stuff about the finale, and I'm like, I haven't even started the show. Like, had, I mean, what bastards. Dude. We did a podcast today, and we took it was like a mailbag podcast, took a bunch of questions, uh, and like a couple of Twitter were making references to stuff that happens this season in Ted Lasso. And I'm like, I appreciate, it. you know, I'm a fan of the show, but I haven't seen it yet, so I can't really react to what you're talking about. But I'll get there. We'll yeah. get there.
2: I
1: am. I am, a little, I am fearing something I said the other day may actually be true. Oh boy. I don't remember what that was, so I, I'm not you, 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 I, I know. I, I, I almost don't want it. I'm so mad at myself if it
3: turns out to be true. I've, uh, I, I finished, last night was the, the season finale of Dave, third season. Oh, okay. Uh, which was, the season was great. Now you watch it, you're you're like on live time with that, right? I just got, so I watched the entire season like in the last week. Okay. And so it's only 10 episodes, so I caught up this week. Like I actually didn't know, I thought it was already over, so that's why I started watching it. But I didn't realize there was one episode left. And it was, I just happened, I watched the ninth episode like two nights ago and then realized that the finale was, was last night. And the whole season was great. I wasn't as crazy about the finale as it seems like a lot of other people were. It was a, I mean, I won't spoil anything, but huge cameos uh, that relied heavily on the show. It was a wild premise. But the whole season, it was, this was my favorite season of the three so far. The show's okay. really good. I love it.
1: So let me ask you this uh, you, you owe me some decent recommendations. You swung and missed with Notting Hill and, I always others. bring up
3: Notting Hill. I've had, like, 17 things, and Notting Hill is what you always go back to. Well, it was because that was a really bad swing and miss. Notting- I'm still surprised that you don't like Notting Hill. If you no, like the best Bom-Pom.
1: recommendation you gave me was well, uh, the Bob oh, by and stuff. I've gone back and rewatched like, reruns of that on occasion. Well, that one's great. Yeah, that's that one's awesome. I mean, you know when you watch an entire, like, well, how long is it? Like eight hours? I watched, I think, in like one day.
3: Oh, it's it's fantastic. Yeah,
1: I mean, I couldn't help it. Well, as soon as the Irish kid gets eaten by the snakes, I was like, I'm hooked. I was like, I when did get eaten <laughs> by the snake?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he is killed. Well, I mean, same difference. You only the <laughs> I was like, I'm done. I'm 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 in. I'm in. Uh, So I mean that was probably the best. So yeah, that's the moment that you knew you were hooked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's I think that's near the end of the first episode, right? The very end because it freezes on the snake biting his face. (laughs) Yes.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what you gotta do. If you gotta get me going, I I gotta start the next next one right away. That's and and I gotta keep going. That's and that's how you know you got me. Otherwise, I'll just be like, eh, I'll I'll stop and start watching something else. Um. So you think is Dave your next recommendation for me? I because I'll finish Lasso probably tonight impressive um thank you (laughs) so i thought you'd watch dave a little bit before i haven't and the weird thing is is that not to be like like sounding like i'm mr hip or something up here but i was like on the little dicky train before like he was ultra popular if you liked him then i think you'll like the show like i was i remember i i i I came across it which is weird to say because i'm so far behind it everything else that's viral but like the like the second day that the ex-boyfriend video was out somehow i came across it and was like hooked because that, that's still is one of my favorite, his favorite song to mine I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Too. And yeah, and I, so, I mean, I was, up until he started like getting popular, I like I was like always following him on a regular basis.
3: I went and saw him on in Cincinnati. Yeah, well, check it out. Yeah. I, mean, I think, if you like the music, I feel like you'll dig the show. He's a super interesting guy. Older stuff more than his newer stuff, I think, but yeah. I mean, he hasn't really had any new stuff. He hadn't put out an album in like five years, which is. Oh part, really? Part of the premise of the show is is how he just is so, so delayed and how his process takes so long to make music.
1: So the uh, last time I guess he technically did was one where he did like all the cameos, like Snoop and everything on it.
3: I think that was just one song. He did that like song about the environment. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't really an album. Uh, but that was I, I remember w- listening to that it was like twenty twenty and I was like, who is this for? Like you know, <laughs> it's a song about the earth, but there's nothing really about the earth. And it's like, people I mean, are cussing and stuff. I'm like, is this a kid song? Is it an adult? Like there's nothing. I, I don't understand this at all. I was very very. Intrigued, by I mean, what I, was happening there?
1: I don't love everything he did. To be like, I, I think the '90s song he did was underrated. It did, didn't did get a lot of, you know, a lot of hits. Um, I know uh, the one where he sings about being proud to be the white guy. I think he's like tried to hide that one a little bit since he's got more popular. But that one oh, really, plays a prominent role in this season. That one's, I mean, that song's hilarious. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, the. Yeah, he's had some good ones, but he's had some It's The last good one, obviously, the, with the Chris Brown, I thought was hilarious, of course. The Freaking, Freaking Drive. Yeah, that, that's a good that song. That was his biggest hit,
3: I think. Yeah, probably mainstream wise, you're right, yeah. It was the only song that he ever got real radio play on because his stuff is not, not top 40.
1: No, but. no, no. I mean, it's not even, sometimes it's even hard to just
3: listen to, like on an iTunes. Yeah, it's a lot. You really kind of need the video for everything he does. Right. But the show is, is very good. Like I I kind of right. I didn't know much about his music before I started watching the show. I knew of him and I heard a couple of songs, but Big Eagles fan. Yeah, the show he is. Big Philly guy. Yeah. Uh, the show is is really good. There's a couple of episodes in the first two seasons that aren't just very outlandish to the point where you're like, Am I really watching this? Like, <laughs> wow. Season three is, is a little bit more. Tame. It, 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 I don't know. It, it's unlike any show I've ever watched. I don't really know how to describe it. It, it treads the line between humor and just outrageousness and then also being very sentimental. It's kind of like his music. You, you, When you listen to his songs or watch his videos, you're like, there's not really anything else out there like this. No. That's kind of the way that the show is, too. I'm I'm
1: intrigued. I guess, I, I mean, I don't want to start it without finishing Ted Lasso first, but Go I'll probably it. I'll probably knock out Lasso tonight, probably knock out American Gladiators tonight, and then uh, maybe I'll... I guess I got Dave over the weekend. That's
3: a lot of TV. Trailer. That's like that's like six hours of TV right there. You're just knocking out. The Where else am TV. I going? You're just like you're just like yeah, saying. I like, mean, knocking I, it out. When I say knock out a show, I feel like it's like a couple thirty minute episodes. But you're like, I'm. The lasso's out the whole an season. hour. Yeah, that's what I'm saying yeah. You, you, you have like you have like five hours of lasso to consume, and <laughs> to you that falls under the umbrella of like I'll just knock it out.
1: I think maybe I might actually not even finish because I think there are twelve this that, lassos this season. Jeez, so I, yeah, that don't unless I started early, which I don't. Normally I don't start before 10, then I'd, odds are I'm not going to finish last. So I'm not, I'll probably get finishing it off tomorrow, but I'll get Dave into this weekend. And those are only 30 minutes, right? Or 22, I guess. Uh, it depends. Some of them
3: are 35, some of them are 45,
1: some of them are an hour.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's really like on the Stranger Things like policy of like randomly making
3: times of shows. Kind of. It's kind of. They're kind <laughs> of all over the place. I didn't think that was possible for TV, but okay. It is. So <laughs> is it safe to assume by you announcing your evening plans that you're not – very excited about the NBA finals. Oh yeah, that's tonight. It sounds like you're just kind of glossing <laughs>
1: over okay. that. I almost did. I, the sad thing is, is I, I knew I thought about it on the way here. Uh, you brought it up at least twice before already, and, and you're the, still like I'm, and I'm yet, watching five
3: hours. Yeah, I already
1: forgot about it within the last few minutes because I was thinking about yeah, watching because I was thinking about the finals because there's something I wanted to ask you about. The something about uh, a a generic summer question involving the heat. Okay, and that is assuming that let's say the Heat pull off the upset. Okay, is Eric Spoelstra in the top three of head
3: coaches in NBA history? Oh yeah, I think so. If if, if he does this, I mean what he's already done is unreal.
1: Like, I mean let's look at looking at the resume. This will be his seventh NBA final.
3: And this, I mean, he's doing it with an eight seed. Yeah, he's yeah. able to win. He's
1: only got now he's got two championships, so he's still there with like Rudy and. Uh, and and Red, you know Red Holtzman and some other. A lot, there's there's a there's a group of twos, but three is where it gets kind of like in college basketball too. Three is what kind of it really separates the the weak from the strong. There's where
3: you have your Riley, your Popovich, your Jackson. Spolster's insane to me because I think that oh, I know I know for me like everybody else when LeBron left when when the Heat fell apart you kind of just assumed like oh he's going to stay there they're going to suck for a couple of years he's going to get fired and then maybe he'll resurface somewhere else and we'll hear it, have a second act and he always kept the heat relevant like he, he just he, he maintained like you know they haven't been a dominant figure in the east they've made runs as crazy seeds but like he just always got the most out of his teams and i just you don't see coaches don't seem to work like that at the nba level you see it at college a lot where it's like you know this guy went pro this guy transferred but by god Rick Patino or Bill Self or, or Tom Izzo—they're going to get the most out of their team, and they may not be a legit national contender. But you, know, you may have to go through them in March if you want to win a national championship and all that stuff. You don't have that in the NBA. Like it is a player-driven league, and he's the one coach where it seems like it doesn't really matter who he's got on his roster. He's going to make them as competitive as possible. Well, he's got some pretty good. He's always had some pretty good players, though. I mean, I mean they're all. Everybody's got good players. Well, but like you, you have
1: know, to, of course, yeah. But
3: like Jimmy Butler was not seen as this like. He like he was a okay guy coming out of Marquette, and like he has just emerged into. I know he thinks he's the best player in the world. I don't think he's that, but he's awfully no. damn good. And I mean, he's getting like compared to some of the the rosters that you see across the NBA. He has not had that level of talent, and yet here they are every single year, like right there competing for a championship. I think he's he's unreal. I mean, he definitely
1: got kind of the 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 rainy moss treatment when with the little ship shipment over to Minnesota and Philadelphia between landing in Miami. Yeah, like, he was good in Chicago. They're like, oh, well, maybe he's not as good as we think. We're gonna dump him on the Raiders, i.e., Minnesota. And Brandon Moss is like, I don't want to be here. He didn't want to be in Minnesota. He didn't want to be in Philadelphia. Let's get him off to the, the Patriots, up to Miami. And now we're seeing the real, i.e., Jimmy Butler. But I like Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler, I don't. I'm gonna get crap for this. Like when I when I like do my rating system, and like like your superstar is your highest level to me. Uh-huh. I don't even still put Jimmy Butler really a superstar. He's like right below it. But I don't think he's still a superstar. He's kind of to me like what Reggie Miller was in the '90s.
3: You don't think Reggie Miller was a superstar?
1: I, I'm, you know, I love Reggie Miller, but I wouldn't put him in that. I don't think he was.
3: Well, I need to know more about this. So, would you say like if you're saying superstars in the NBA? I think there are Is it just few. like four or five players? I don't know
1: if there's more than five. Yeah, I mean Giannis. I'd the put it in there. The high bar to
3: clear for you, bud.
1: It is. That's that's why I, I, I'm very. It's like my Hall of Fame. It's very. I'm very strict about what I put in
3: that level. So you would say, like, just Giannis? Would you say Nikola Jokic? Yes. So he's a superstar. Giannis is a superstar. Yes. LeBron, I'm assuming, is a superstar. Uh,
1: I mean, he's hanging on there still. He's at the end, but which is what scares me about the NBA right now is that a lot of them are over thirty. That I would put in that, that would consider more in that level, like your Steph Curry and your LeBron. They're near more the end of their of their career than they are at the beginning.
3: I wonder if Jimmy Butler. I hope like going in tonight, he's like, you know, there's this guy in Louisville, Kentucky. I hope not. Jimmy Butler probably come to Louisville, Kentucky. He's a producer. He says I'm not a superstar. I'm going to show him. I'm going to show you, get Trevor it. Kelsey, tonight just how great I am.
1: I think he will because I think Miami's winning tonight. Do you really? I don't think they're winning the series, but I think they I think they get like a Sixers-01 type uh, game one win.
3: Jimmy Butler is shocking to me because he, he's one of those guys. I remember him being... pretty good at Marquette pretty good player but he during that that period of time in the Big East there were probably like 25 players that I would have said above him were going to be like top tier all NBA caliber players like I always thought he was a good player but he never struck me as this like future superstar the fact that he's become what he's become is I I kind of put him in that Donovan Mitchell category where it's like he was he, he was pretty good I mean and and it was different like Butler was different. He played 4 seasons of college basketball. He was at Juco and then he played yeah. 3 years at Marquette. So he was like, yeah, you know, didn't have a chance to jump after his sophomore year wasn't good enough. I just kind of would have thought he would have been a yeah, maybe he'll hang on with a NBA team for a few years, get a couple get a contract and then he'll play in pro basketball somewhere for like 10 seasons. I never would have guessed that he'd be this good. And I, I well, know, it I, took him a couple years to develop here in Chicago. Still, like the fact that he developed like this at all I never would have expected that. Like those Marquette teams, I'm trying to look at the the roster. Like, I remember, like, Dominic James was, like, kind of the superstar for those teams. And they had Vander Blue and those guys. Vander Blue, yeah. Like, if you'd tell them, to, uh, looking back on it, it's like Buzz Williams, seeing as this great coach, getting all these this uh, out of all these guys, like, maybe you should have gotten a little bit more here. Like, Dwight Burke was know. really good. Jerrell McNeil was a fan. He, like, he was a superstar. I would have probably picked two players over Jimmy Butler on his own college team. If you'd ask me, who's going to be out of this roster? Who's going to be a, a future NBA superstar 13 years from now? Well, look at Don Mitchell. Maybe even Brick have got more out, more out more out of that. Well, he was at least a two season.
1: You know, like, <laughs> he was, they yeah. got upset. They ran into a red hot Michigan team. And who did Marquette lose to in his tenure? I
3: guess with, when he was there, um, I can't remember. He came out in 2000. They got beat by. Let's see. They got beat by Washington in 2010 in the first round. That was Butler's junior season. They, let's see, 09, 09 was the team that they were pretty loaded. They got beaten in the second round by Missouri. Okay. And then 2011, that was the year that Big East was so good. And that was his,
1: his last year he averaged. Cause now he he didn't they play, he the didn't play much his freshman year or his first year. He only averaged five points a
3: game. They got crushed by Carolina in the Sweet 16.
1: 81-63. Well, well I mean, it's not
3: that bad. I mean, 18-point loss. <laughs> Lopsided. But you want you want to hear something, you want hear something?
1: Were nine and nine in, in the big east. We're talking about Jimmy Butler. You want to hear something crazy? Yes. Do you want to know who was drafted nine spots ahead of Jimmy Bo- Butler? Because he was I think I saw it on his week. He, he was 30th, correct?
3: He was the last pick in the first round. He went 30th, yes. So nine spots ahead of him in this this twenty eleven draft? Yes, this would be the twenty first pick. I'm trying to think if it's a Cardinal. I don't know who would have come off that team. I it can't that was the Preston Knowles team. I don't think anybody from Louisville was drafted that high. Uh who was it? You're kind of close. It was Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith, our current assistant coach,
1: who's dead to ninth spot, ahead of the guy who's I mean, playing I mean, currently
3: in the NBA Finals. I mean, Noel was first team All American that year, so that doesn't exactly shock. Also me. Also taken above him was, was Kenneth Fareed. Fareed I, that doesn't shock me either. Yeah.
1: he was he was a beast that year. Keep in case you're that was the Kyrie Irving draft. Ah, uh, Derek Williams. Uh, it he says Enos Freedom. I'm a Cantor, I guess. <laughs> Enos Freedom. Ah, uh, the 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 guy that, that that made me go sour completely on Europeans, Jan Vesely. I
3: don't even remember that guy. <laughs>
1: Followed by Bismarck Bisquick or whatever how you pronounce his name. I always just call him Bisquick. Bismarcky. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Brandon Knight, Jimmy Ferdet Hey,
3: something. Clay
1: Thompson did go eleventh. to say, this is a
3: bust draft there, so far that you're
1: reading. I mean, there's uh, ironically outside of the top ten, though. Clay Thompson, eleven. Kawhi Leonard, fifteen, and Jimmy Butler, thirty, all went in the first round. Are those the best players from that draft? Uh, in the first round, yes. Because Kemba was in that draft, though too. That was twenty eleven. Yes, it was. And Kemba's Kemba Walker's, now well, I wouldn't. See. He was. He... Kemba Walker is the definition of somebody's going to have to score on a team, whether they're good or bad. The numbers are a little misleading. I mean, he's, he's an all NBA guy. That's. I, I think you can say he's had a good career. My category for him would be role player. What? I mean, yes,
3: he's a four time All Star. So. So he's not a role player. He sucks. He does not. Do. So now, now he sucks. Well, he's a role player.
1: He's he's a guy that could be you know come off the bench, kind of maybe at best, maybe be a Vinny Johnson, but he's too egotistical. He's for averaged
3: that. over twenty points per game in eight seasons in the NBA. Somebody's yeah, I'm it's bad. Not,
0: that's not don't a, I, role don't play I, player.
1: Do have to roll with a team that were just bad. Somebody's got to score, dude. That's not a role player, though. Somebody's got to put up points. The, Trevor, thats not by definition, that's not a role player. I mean, uh, Begdonovich uh, actually went the first pick in the second round that year. Okay. His career average is 16 points a game, too, by the way. Uh, Jeremy Tyler went in the second round. Remember that guy? Josh Harrelson went in the second round. Did he really? <laughs>
3: yes. I, I I do remember that now because he was the shining example that every UK fan <laughs> yeah. used. Like if Cal can get this guy drafted, which I always wondered how Josh Harrelson took that. Because it <laughs> it's like you know the plot of a terrible nineties teen movie where it's like, if he can make this girl prom queen, then like, imagine what he could do for you, attractive young lady. Like he wasn't. Even, he had some skill, clearly.
1: Right before Jeremy Tyler was Chandler Parsons, now known as the Morgan and Morgan uh, spokesman. Uh, and the last pick in that draft was the guy that I think gets credited as like this this all, the the best second round pick. I still think it's Michael Red, but uh, Isaiah Thomas from Washington. Good pick. Had yeah. a couple. We had a few good years there. Had a, he was a solid player. You think he's the best second round pick of all time? I would go Michael Red, but I think Michael Red technically might have been a first by today's standards. I think that the because he was right at the top of the second round. There's got to be a better second round pick. Than well, Michael it Red. depends
3: on how you look at. It. I mean, Manu Ginobili was a second
1: round pick. That's, well, so was Jokic. I guess yeah. So oh, that's right. Yeah, Jokic. Yeah, yeah. Right, we're you're just right, talking right. about. It. You're right. Yeah. Right. I mean, but you got to also look at some of the draft. Like Mark Price went in the second round in his draft in 1986. He was a pretty damn good player. But would have been a first round pick today by the multiple, by the addition of nine teams since then. Okay, so that, that he, sometimes you might take that with a little. Dennis think, is another one maybe fell into that example. Like he went like early second round. I feel like he was late, but yeah. but he was. But if you add the nine teams to the draft when he was taken, then he might have been like late first round. Now it's like doing lottery picks. Now there's it's, it's like lot, yeah, different originally different it started like, at uh, seven. Now it's fourteen. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, we'll, we'll shift into some UFL sports conversation. We'll also take some text from you guys on the Thornton text line at 502-414-1450. Is anybody excited about the NBA finals? I feel like there's I, I kind of want to talk about it, but I feel like there's just not a lot of buzz, especially here locally in what is not exactly an ideal NBA market. If, if you know, if you guys don't want to talk about it, I'm happy to talk Reds Red Sox. For a solid fifteen minutes coming up after the break. I don't know which one I want to talk
1: about, or which one, <laughs> or which one that, that we talk about. I would piss off the Texers more. I, I mean, think it's basketball at this
3: point, probably, probably. Yeah, but the truth hurts people. Come back, uh, keep it light right here. More Rutherford Show next on fourteen fifty and 961, the Big X. Thursday edition of the Show. You played this a couple songs at uh, a time. Remember the last time you played it? I like just listened to it in the car when I came in. I hadn't heard it in forever.
1: I think sometimes because you have such a very good memory of remembering lyrics. You assume I play some songs more than I do. you played this. I don't, this is the second time you've played this. I know Probably, for a fact. Oh, at least and most would be the third. But yeah,
3: because yeah. I hadn't heard a simple song in forever, and it just popped up on my Spotify out of nowhere. Nice. And like that day on the show, you played it, and I was like, I hadn't, hadn't heard this. Because I used to really like The Shins like back in college, and I was a fan of the song, and I just had not heard it in forever, and now I've heard it. Twice in the last few months here.
1: Uh, I need to listen to more of the stuff. Uh, is it James Mercer, lead, mm-hmm. the lead singer, does all the like. L- oh, I've got no idea. That's his name? Um, I listened to like some of his solo stuff. I liked, and I need to. I do like listening because I do love this. Is I mean, may, also maybe I think it's. It, I do associate because the song
3: is in a very, very good scene of how I met your mother. I think, I think, I think that, 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 anyway, that helps us song. I knew it was from mind, a, yeah. a TV show. I think the last time because you don't play songs that just aren't from. Movies or TV? You know. no, I don't really,
1: and that, and that show they they always were good at like going and getting kind of they play like they do Wilco and you're kind of your less than mainstream
3: bands like The Shins as well. I was thinking about it driving in yesterday, actually. You know, you play a lot of songs from you know, late eighties, early nineties. That's kind of your, your wheelhouse here. Eighties and nineties, pretty much in general. Yeah. I was driving in yesterday, and on my Spotify, that old uh, Richie Valen song "Donna" came on. Yeah, you know, oh uh, no, Donna. No. Oh. Good song. And I was thinking, like, these were the types of songs my dad would always play these, old, we'd play pool in the basement when I was growing up, and he would always play these these songs from this tape collection he had. It was like Senior Prom or something. Nice. And it was always songs from like late 50s, early 60s, like, like this. And, you know, as a kid listening to that, I was like, this is from an, Ancient time. Everything was <laughs> everything was black and white in these days. Yeah. They dressed differently. You know, they had sock hops. They're wearing these poodle skirts. Like it's all, you know, how how do they even live? Like this this was a, a different time in the history of mankind completely. And I was thinking about it as I was driving in. I'm like, the songs that we play and we react to on our show, like the difference in time between I know, I when know. they came out and now is even greater than the difference in time between when I was listening to those songs as a kid and when they had come out which is there's a word for that uh, comparing time frames like that i know people do it a lot when they you know, they had the fact about you know that 70s show was set in whatever the was wonder years released was a in big 1997 one, yeah. like nowadays like it would be like 04 if they were doing it like the same mm. thing which i know it's not it's a little taboo to bring up that 70s show today after the Danny Masterson news yesterday, but barely. He, he was charged for three of them. I mean, two. He, and, one uh, of them, two maybe, of them, he yeah. I
1: no, I saw that. The third one was a hung jury. A dream. lot of it is about the Scientology too. Is what I read. About. I was reading into it last night a little bit.
3: But stuff like that, like the comparison of time, and just it, it makes me feel nothing. Makes me feel older when, than when that stuff. Yeah, happens. I, I do that all the time. I
1: mean, I, I find myself doing that a lot too. Like I was watching um, I, uh, during a commercial break in AEW. I was slipping through, and I flipped over to NFL Network, and they were just replaying in full of the uh, Super Bowl three. And I was watching I just remember looking at the date and I was like nineteen sixty nine. I was like, Okay, I was like that was eleven years before I was born, like by comparison, like like if that was that would have been I mean it could have been like two thousand one like now, you know what I'm saying? That's thinking about how back how eleven years ago now would have been just what twenty two 2011? Well, close. Nine. <laughs> What's 11 minus 23? 22. <laughs> no, Or 12. I guess 23 minus 12. 12,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> Math once again, inviting us <laughs> here on the show. As I, as I look at a trending topic called Tripped. <laughs> uh, Sean Moth texted him, by the way. I, I'm curious about this because Sean's got a lot. He's, how excited
3: right. is he tonight? That's, Dear friend of the program. Yes. He says, we're talking about the NBA Finals tonight. Okay. He said, I'm excited. Go Nuggets. Yeah. 55 years of failures and two seasons on the mic for me that saw a total of 25 wins. Sean did the PA for two full Nugget seasons and got to, to witness 25 wins by that team. What, what? Oh God! What was he there? Was he doing it before the they made the run in '94? I guess. I think he was. He would have been right after because I know he started doing Avalanche like his first season was the you know, the debut season when they won the cup in '96. Because that Denver '94 team, people, it's an interesting fact about that. One, it
1: was the first eight seed to beat a one, but also it was the first team to come back from three nothing. In the second round, but they obviously fell short, as did Boston and, and the other three teams before him. But they came back from down 3 against Utah and then lost in Game Seven.
3: I'm assuming that eight
1: did that was Ponzio. I liked that. I was a big fan of that team, even though they beat the Sonics. I liked
3: looking at the records. I'm assuming he did it 96-97 and then 97-98. When the the Nuggets in 96-97 were 21 and 61, and in 97-98 were 11 and 71. Eleven wins, seventy-one losses. That was Bill Hanslick. Yeah, he he
1: said he's the was the, the goofy white dude on his nineteen eighty-nine. Uh, well, no, uh his hoops card. I take it back
3: because he said twenty-five total wins. So he he would 90, be 90. he did ninety-seven, ninety-eight, which was the eleven-win season, and then a year later, yeah. ninety-eight, ninety-nine, they went fourteen and thirty-six shortened year because of the lockout. That was Mac D'Antoni, by the way. God, was it really the fourteen-win team? Yeah. So he watched. He got to see that team win again in shortened season the second year, but still fourteen and thirty six is abysmal. Eleven and seventy one is almost. That's like Louisville four and twenty eight. It's almost like it's. It blows the mind that that's even possible. That roster. uh, He was. That
1: means he was doing the voice when they drafted Tony Batie, who Dan Issa would later call El Busto. (laughs) It's still one of my favorite moments. Uh, That was I mean Bobby Jackson, LaFonso Ellis. Uh, Johnny Newman was on that team way past his prime. Was Rachel Friends you. on that team? Uh Byron Stith, Danny Fortson. Danny Fortson. And uh, that was Nick. Priest
3: Lauderdale. Remember that name? That was you had Fortson and you had Nick Van Esse X on the team at the same time. That was the height of Cincinnati taking over Denver. That was the height of Cincinnati's crime
1: wave. Yeah, that's uh a- <laughs> Courtney Alexander. I mean, it wasn't an awful team. I mean it wasn't good. It I mean, sounds awful. No, I mean, yeah, your best player is LaFonzo Ellis, who... I mean I like Lefonzo, but he was I mean he was still kind of a third fourth option at
3: best. I yeah, mean, Sean says he covered the 94 team, but he was the PA man for 97, 98 and 98, 99. That was a Cinderella run that 94 team was. I mean they like I said they were the 8 seed meet the Sonics.
1: And, yeah, they did. I mean but I think that was that was Isle's second year,
3: yeah. They were they were 42 and 40. All right, 502-414-1450. We'll take a few texts here before we talk a little Louisville. No Doug Mo fun. your boy Sarah texted in. No good Lord. And said, LeBron is the biggest star in the NBA by far. You're just a hater. Someone should steal your Camry.
1: It's an inside joke. But second, uh, I know. I know the thing with saying I love him is if you don't kiss someone's butt, you're automatically a hater to him. And so it's either you kiss my butt or you're a hater. I will be a hater. I prefer to be a hater.
3: Texas says that high bar that Trevor is setting is like the high bar he sets for every movie. That's why he doesn't like White Men Can't Jump, LOL.
1: No, I like White Men Can't Jump. It's a great movie. The original. There is only one
3: version. The other one is Eddie, Eddie 2.0. Texture says <laughs> Jimmy Butler's Marquette team beat Joe Missoula's WVU team. Did they? I mean, they had to. I mean, they were playing the conference at the same time. They were oh, both yeah. in the Big East back then. Texture says... Um, Trevor, your NBA takes are truly the worst. What girl did you use to watch the NBA with that broke your heart? Tell us, big guy. It's a great text.
1: Uh, Tayshan Prince. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, he was a B, right? <laughs> Texas, does Trevor think that he could beat a 10-year-old Michael Jordan in basketball?
1: I mean, I could beat his – does he have a 10-year-old kid? No. I mean, I don't know. I
3: mean – you think you could have beaten 10 year old Michael Jordan in basketball? Dude, right didn't now? he
1: make his varsity
2: team?
3: <laughs> could you have beaten 10 year old LeBron in basketball? Probably not. LeBron was already like 6'5 by then. Yeah, I mean, they said they would have taken him. They said he could have started in the NBA as a 15 year old high school freshman. I mean, let's. let's I mean, he was. He's uh, The weird thing is, with you? the
1: only other person you'd hear that about was like Greg Oden, too. I remember Greg Oden was like a man. He was huge and polished. Yeah, yeah. and he was – all you would hear about, I mean, not to the extent that you would now today with the, the coverage, but I just remember that he doesn't eat – he eats only greens and vegetables, and he's he's on this diet. And I'm like, well, no wonder his no legs are withering from the
3: bones or because he needs calcium. Get that man a steak. Do you remember – one of my favorite things about not just Louisville Phantom but Phantom in general is these little tidbits that just – you know, everybody loves to use them to try to sound insightful. And it gets to a point where like every single fan has heard them and it becomes so repetitive. And one of my favorite, one of those instances was people referencing Derek character Going head to head against Greg Oden at the Nike ABC camp, and like beating him head to head when he was like 15 and, and Oden was 15, and like, people had like the stat lines memorized. They're like, "Oh, you think Oden's great? Derek character, 20 points, eight rebounds against 14 points and three rebounds for Oden back in like 2000." <laughs> it's just like like everybody said the same thing. It was like when Wayne Blackshear. Was player of the year in Chicago over Anthony Davis. Everybody knew that fact, and everybody used it. And the, the fact of the matter is, none of it actually winds up mattering once they get to college. Uh,
1: Who was the guy? It was I think was was I want to say and I, I want to say IU, but i think I'm wrong. The the guy that had the mystery video where he dunked on uh, dunked on LeBron it was the dude from Xavier. Xavier, okay, yeah. but didn't he start at IU or did it, it was Crawford? I think right. Crawford is correct. Yeah, um, I, I want to feel like he was a transfer, but I could be wrong. And he, I remember he just that I, I know that but. I know you're talking about beating somebody one on one more, but does that dunk alone? People were like this guy's going to be awesome. I'm like, it was
3: like a he dunked yeah. on a dude. And he also mm-hmm. was like already a junior in college. Like we'd already yeah. seen that he was like a fine college player, but not he was yeah it was yeah, not it was, awesome, not awful. Jordan Crawford was Jordan his name. Crawford. Yeah, I mean he played
1: in the NBA I guess for a little bit, didn't he? Uh he was a first round pick. He yeah, did, and you're right, he played at Indiana before he transferred to Xavier. Okay, I thought, I thought uh, you know, I I didn't mix things up sometimes.
3: Yeah, he was a 27th pick in the, the draft before Jimmy Butler. He played one season at IU and then played one season at Xavier after sitting out and was a, yeah, 27th yeah, he blew pick. blew up in Xavier. I'm
1: looking at his stats right now. He was, he was good. Up. He was in the John Wall draft. Taken right after Quincy Poindexter before Grievous Vasquez.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I thought Grievous
1: Vasquez would be a better NBA player. Yeah. Two picks. That was a Daniel Orton draft.
3: (laughs) Texas, I'm tuning in late today, so I don't know if this has been addressed, but can we please poke fun at UK for their roster falling apart? We can. I mean, I think they're doing it themselves, aren't they? I would assume, I mean, don't be wrong. I wouldn't want to switch places. Well, I guess maybe I don't know. UK. I don't know. Do they have a worse roster than we do now? Oh, we, I mean, there's no. We, what happened to the number of the best recruiting class in the world? Well, they, that's all they have now. It's like that. It's that class and nothing else. Well, it's basically. still ranked ahead of ours, and we're banking ours on being third. Well, we at least have a couple of transfers and guys coming back. They lost like everybody from their team last year. Now, uh, yeah. um, I don't know, but I, I was going, going to say like I wouldn't want work. to switch places with them, but at least they've got like. There's certainly no shortage of things to talk about on KRC right now because th- this has become like like the topic, I think, in college basketball. Outside of, you know, we found out last night that Zach Eadie's coming back to Purdue, which nope, is the second straight year that we've had the national player of the year return to school, which is something that had not happened since Tyler Hansbro did it in 08-09. Before
1: you get excited, Purdue fans, worry about if you got a guard added to that roster now. It's they've like, gotten
3: some transfers. They, yeah. they've, they've gotten help. They actually have, they and Kansas are tied for having the best national title odds preseason right now. According to Bet Online, would you care to venture a guess as to what Louisville's national title odds are right now? Five thousand to one. Well, that's that's too high. Uh, one hundred and fifty to one. That's not high enough. They went down from two hundred early. I mean, if you're, I think anything over two hundred is not on the board. I think two hundred is where they max it out. So, uh, but Kentucky right now, we can talk about it for a second. I mean, they find out. We found out on the show yesterday that that Oscar Shibwe is not coming back. He's staying pro Antonio Reeves. I guess have they officially found out he he announced that he's coming back to school, but he didn't put out any sort of like I'm back Lexington or whatever. Everyone's just now assuming that he's going to transfer somewhere else, Illinois and Memphis and others are very much recruiting him heavily. And then Chris Livingston, the other wildcat announced that he's officially staying in the draft too. So UK as of right now has seven scholarship players, five are freshmen, Two are sophomores that hardly played at all last year, and now you've got rumors out there. I know, I guess Kyle Tucker kind of shot them down, but there are rumors out there that Aaron Bradshaw has been dealing with some sort of lingering injury. It's, uh I mean, this is, for all the people who've been upset at Calipari and who've been waiting for a moment to really jump at his throat, this is kind of that moment. You, you've you underachieved the last couple of seasons. You had a disaster Three years ago, people are talking about, you know, you're not using the transfer portal well enough because freshmen aren't getting it done any, anymore. I, I think he thought he was going to have this super class and it was going to be throwback to 2010, 2011, 2012, and all those good times. And the reality is, like, they've got significant work to do to piece together a, a roster with some of these guys that just withdrew from the draft in the last 24 hours that can be competitive with the best of the best because I think that's the standard. When you have the number one recruiting class and you get DJ Wagner and you get all these kids... You, know, you want to be competing for a national title, and right now you are relying on these guys being like, as good as those freshmen were in 2010 without any help from a, an upperclassman like Patrick Patterson or whoever they had back then.
1: He made the first round in four years, or second round in four years.
3: Yeah, it's been a long time.
1: I mean, yeah, pre-pandemic. We, we were in the tournament back then. <laughs>
3: Basically, it's been so long that we were <laughs> playing in NCAA tournaments. Like... I mean, was, was, was the shocking
1: loss to Bruce Pearl in the Elite Eight that damaging to John Calipari? That's the question.
3: I feel like, and I, I mean, I because since since he lost that game, he wasn't supposed to lose. I don't want to speak for Kentucky fans. I feel like the one outside, I and mean, the Carolina one sings because you feel like if you'd won that, you would have won that national. Especially title.
1: If it was a especially being a buzzer beater by Terengody too, or not Terengody, but uh, <laughs> Luke- whatever the, the the white dude with the buzz cut, Luke May.
3: Yeah, sorry, excuse me to get them mixed up. Well, they <laughs> they're very different, but yeah, uh, are they? I think that one probably hurts you. I mean, that, that one clearly hurts you because you you. You thought you would have won the national title. I think the one that you where you feel like you really let one get away is that loss to to Kansas State. Not the, the most recent one, but the one back in on the Sweet Sixteen when that total that bracket completely <laughs> yeah, opened up for you. Specific. You had Loyola Chicago end up winning that the, yeah. you know that region. You know they had to go through. You know it was Michigan. I think won on the other side. Like it was just not a the bracket should have been there for the taking for a Kentucky team that had had kind of an average year. They lose that one. The Auburn game in the Elite Eight is probably another one where you should have won. And, yeah, it's kind of – I think it's piling up now. And at Kentucky, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter who you've got. Like, this is going to – up you know up, the next NCAA tournament will be 2024. They haven't been to a Final Four since 2015. Like, that's – you're going on a decade now since you've even been to a Final Four, let alone you know, won a national title. When you're not piecing – when you're not, like, getting close, which they haven't been the last few years, that – aggression is going to grow, that, 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 that feeling of maybe the best days with John Calipari have passed us by is going to grow. And I think you're seeing a lot of that right now amongst their fan base because, man, that, that, that's a – got seven players. It's June 1st. Practice is starting. Like, the, the teams are getting together. Summer sessions are starting. And you've basically got freshmen and a couple of sophomores who didn't really do much for you last year. That's it's tough.
1: I mean, Tubby, me what, got nine years after his national title where he was asked to, quote-unquote, resign –
3: is that right? He so he, he won the title in ninety eight. Ninety eight. He, he left, left in, in 07. 07 yeah. Since
1: nine, I think we are what now? How many years since the last national title for Cal Perry? It's was twenty twelve. So we're, yeah, I mean, I think this will be twelve. It's about maybe time we start thinking about uh, yeah, telling him, asking him to quote unquote resign. It's a baseball school now. I mean, <laughs> they're putting teams in dorms. I wonder if UK fans to get in their minds which one, which one does sting more to you between like that three year run since you were last good four five years ago. Let us know, UK fans. And that's that's the, the North Carolina one because that one in hindsight also has to be stinging because a again it was a buzzer beater loss It always hurts, and b like you look at that team now I mean you got a backcourt that was a three seed in in the West in the NBA. Yeah. Which is legitimate because, I mean, Carolina's
3: roster has no NBA. It's not like
1: being a 3 seed in the East. East sucks. I mean, it's horrible. But the West is is still, does have the best talent. Then, or the, you mentioned Kansas State. An opportunity lost. And then even the regional final lost to Auburn. I mean, a team that you were, should have been better than. I mean, you you got out-coached in that game. I mean, you had a team that's, you know, led by Hero and Johnson and you know, quickly, these are guys that are now NBA players
3: that are doing well in the NBA. So, I mean, I would say I think all three of those the, fans can let us know on the text. Yeah, lines. hit us up at 502-414-1450. I would say the the Kansas State one feels like it's the most inexcusable because, my God, you had so much talent. That Kansas State team was not very good and you you should have won that region. The Auburn one also I mean, you clearly had more talent than Auburn. They were on a little bit of a heater. Carolina probably stings the most. It's the most understandable because Carolina was—I mean, they were the one seed. You were the two seed. You were a
1: better team. You'd rolled up 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 on um, everybody up until that game, I believe. If I remember right.
3: But still, Carolina was the one seed. They were favored to win that game. Yeah. Like I, I think that that's the most understandable. But it also probably hurts the most because if you you do feel like if you'd won it, you would have won the national title. But also, like well, maybe it doesn't sting as much because Carolina was kind of controlling that game pretty much the entire way. It took a crazy late flurry for UK to tie that game, and then Luke May hits the shot. Um, I don't Do you know.
1: remember North Carolina played in, the, in that Final Four? In
3: 2016?
1: Yeah. Were they nice played games.
3: Syracuse, and then they played Gonzaga. Well, they, they, well, they, they lost like- to Villanova.
1: Well, who, no. Who did they play in the final four? They lost to Gonzaga, and they, they they
3: won the the title that year. They won the title in 2017.
1: Yeah, 16. That's the year we're talking about. The year they beat. Kentucky. Oh, I thought it, I thought the Kentucky uh, Carolina game was 16. No, no. This is the no. They the, they that was the, the Kentucky so team. So 2017. Lost. That was, was the North Carolina team. Yeah, ended up winning it all. They beat Gonzaga. Do you remember they beat in the late date or the final four game? 2017 Oregon.
2: Yep, correct.
1: They came out of our region. think Kentucky's beating Oregon that game.
3: Yeah, that's oh, what I'm like, saying. I would have
1: been interested to see that
3: Kentucky-Gonzaga game, too, though. Well, that's what I said, if Kentucky wins that game, I think they win the national title. Yeah, possibly. Um, texter 502-414-1450, says, uh, the best question you could ask ten year is, could 10-year-old Trevor beat another 10-year-old in the country? Oh, God,
1: yeah, 10-year-old Trevor would have been... Yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't... Yeah, You put 10-year-old Trevor, bring on 10-year-old MJ. That's all-star Trevor, man. That's, that's
3: peak prime Trevor text says Deaner was having some serious I mean, we don't need to talk about what they were talking about.
1: Let's dribble between my legs, not to worry about hitting my thigh. Yes, I'm only listening to Big X now. Well, we'll take that. We appreciate it. I love it. Yeah, dear, yada yada yada. I'm only listening to Big X now. That's all that matters. <laughs> have a drink in between. Texas, nuggets in 6. Jimmy Butler will
3: put up a good fight but the nuggets have too many weapons.
1: I'm thinking more gentleman sweep but maybe 6 at the best. I'm going 5. But you're taking the nu- you're taking the heat tonight.
3: I think DJ, I just have a, I
1: don't know. I have that kind of like I said that 2001 Sixers feel like they could catch them off guard a little bit.
3: There is a weird thing in like the thunder heat he- series the one year. There's a a weird thing where the underdog takes game 1 in the NBA finals and everybody's like, "Oh, here we go." Oh, and then boom, like the order restores itself in the favorite just kind of rolls after that i can see that maybe happening tonight but i i don't know i feel like the nuggets are gonna win i mean
1: also had the the year the lakers supposedly had the team you know the championship bot they won game
3: one and detroit went on and beat them four straight texas mikey man might want to sit down for this but gorgie Zhang speaks five languages yeah that was that's another one of those facts that local fans just held on to i liked I, I did a a forum at uofl one time with gorgie Zhang on the panel and we were bringing i don't even know how it happened but like i i brought up the fact that you know like Gorgi here speaks five language, and he's he's clearly a super intelligent guy. And he very quickly was like, you know, I learned here in America that like speaking five languages and getting good good, good grades is not going to get me rich. He's like putting the ball in the <laughs> basket is what's going to get me rich and get me to yeah. a place where I can best help my country. And, and he had his whole spiel about, you know, I came here with just the intention uh, of making Senegal a better place. I wanted to improve. Language, I didn't want kids to have to go through what I went through growing up, and I still lived a, relative to them, privileged life growing up. And the the best way to make that happen is not by being a great student. It's by being really good at basketball, making as much money as I can, and then trying to do great things afterward. And that's exactly what he's done.
1: I think he needs to preface that by saying also being 6'10 helps. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're 5'11", stay in
3: school, kid. I think that, that goes outside there. <laughs> well, I'm
1: telling you, no, I think it does need to be said.
3: Texture says, uh, <laughs> the reason, uh, he needs some calcium. Get that man a steak. There's 300 grams of calcium in a cup of... I don't even know what this is referencing. <laughs> to. a cup of what? <laughs> speed the man a steak. Beacons get hurt all
1: the time because their bones are weak. There's 300 like this, grams like of the- calcium
3: in a cup of 1% compared to 30 in an 8-ounce steak. I don't even know what that's in reference to.
1: I was just joking about... Uh, Odin being like a vegan growing up, and like I was like, that's why his bones withered because he didn't eat enough meat. Needed some calcium, eat a steak.
3: I mean, I don't think that was the problem.
1: No, it was a joke, but I don't know why. First of all, eight ounce steak? Who eats eight ounce steaks? We're eating sixteen ounces here, buddy. I can't do sixteen. What's
3: the biggest steak you've ever eaten? I ordered like a, I think a twenty four ounce steak. I did not finish the entire thing. Couldn't do it. I don't know. The biggest I've
1: ever eaten is twenty. that was riding my wheel, and that was I, I was struggling to do that mainly because like, I shouldn't have eaten the side item either though like if I'm your 20 ounce steak there's no side item
3: no side dishes we'll stop park there for you Texas says isn't the 2023 freshman class supposed to be historically weak it is and maybe that's why if you're a UK fan well, and, and who knows I mean no,
1: but they don't say that people after say
3: people say this type of thing going into class and you never know for sure until you watch the way the things pan out but yeah, according to people who have done this for decades, they say the 2023 recruiting class is the weakest they've ever seen, which also, let's be real, would not portend great things for us because we are going to be relying on, yes. on freshmen this season as well. Um, but I don't know. But see, I thought like the, the the Noel class, like
1: Kentucky, you would hear that about the Noel class, how the 12th class was kind of weak and wasn't, it wasn't really that gray. Jackie fans wouldn't be, they just talked about it, it was the greatest class, and then after they went to the IT, they were like, well, it's not, it's because the class was weak.
3: We well, yeah, was down here for college basketball.
1: That's, that's how, what they always do. Just like last year was. So this is the greatest class, unless
3: it underachieves, then it was a weak class. It's like, looking back, that class did kind of suck.
1: What, that 12 class? Yeah, because
3: that wound up being the Anthony Bennett draft class. I mean, Nerlands was a, you know, you know who the You know my number one player was? Nerlens Noel, according no, to ESPN. Wow. Well, Shabazz Mohammed, yeah, yeah, two. Yeah. There was kinda of, they were one A, one B, I think. Isaiah yeah. Austin, who had to give up basketball. Caleb Derseski, who went to Arizona, was nothing special. Kyle Anderson at UCLA. Steven Adams, maybe the Kyle best Kyle
1: Anderson got developed later. Maybe
3: on. the best NBA player out of this group. Then Anthony Bennett, Cam Ridley, I forgot all about him. Grant Jarrett. I don't even remember him going to Arizona. Grant J- I remember Grant Jared. And then Marcus Smart, who went to Oklahoma State. Who sucks? Yeah. Gary Harris uh, was eleven, Rashid Suleiman was twelve. Alex Poythress was thirteen, Dewan Coleman fourteen, and Archie Goodwin was fifteen. Sam Decker down there at seventeen. Dude, who was little did of a player even in that-, that? We had Ronnie Purvis, who was twentieth, and then he ended up going to NC State. Um uh, according to this, the number seventy-five player was our was the, was our top player. Well I'm looking at, again, I'm looking at ESPN. Number ninety. Is Montrezl Harrell on this list? Okay, I didn't even get that. I'm 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 on
1: Sports Reference, so it's a like accumulation of the of the groups. And Montrez is 85 on this
3: list. So who do you have? Who said who? Who was 75? Terry Rozier.
1: Terry Rozier isn't even on this
3: list. Wow, he was he was a 75 on here. Well, because Rozier was ended right up. Right above AJ Hammond's Well, but Rozier ended up being part of the 2013 class because he. No, did he, did he? he didn't make it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I forget it. So remember. he's not on this list because he had to reclassify. He did the reverse reclassify to 2013 because uh, his first year was the 2014 team. I guess he was originally supposed to be part of those classes. Then. He was. Yeah. He didn't make the grades, and then he because uh, he was not on the, the national title team.
1: The top IU guy, Yogi Farrell, at 25, right above Mitch McGarry. I liked you. And Ferrell. behind Tony
3: Parker, not that one. Mm.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Tucker says Trevor just straight pooped on that gory story. That's what he does. Shame. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. I mean, I think it's you got. I, how can you not fact about your six eleven? Don't tell kids not to go to school. I'm I'm all he's for it. not. He's saying for himself. <laughs> oh, okay, well, yeah, that was the whole story. I could swear you said kids don't don't worry about school. Be-
3: no, he said for him. He said I learned very quickly. For me, like learning stuff and speaking five languages isn't going to help me make money to bring back home. It's putting the ball through the basket.
2: It's yeah,
3: I, mean, I don't think he's he was out that was not advocating miss- the children out there who are these are college kids, drop out of school right now and just go start playing pro. I mean, if you're 6'11", go for it. Well, again, he's talking about himself. <laughs> uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, 4 o'clock hour is up next. couple of football notes to get to. Jeff Braun, the national love continues. We'll talk more about the players who chose to come back to college basketball and those who chose to leave last night at the deadline and take some more texts from you guys at 502-414-1450. It's the Rutherford Show on a Thursday here on 1450 The Big X. Can
2: really get.
3: Now, number two here of the Thursday edition of the so show, 1459 one Big X. In about 10 minutes, 4 15, we're going to be joined by Nick Curran, play by play man for the Local Bats. He'll talk about uh, the bats' hot streak, winning seven of eight. They're home for the rest of the weekend. A lot of stuff going on out there at Louisville Slugger Field. Bring the kids, bring the wives, bring the girlfriends. You want to to the bats after the show tonight? Say what? You want to head over there after the show tonight? I'd love to. Well, you, know, you, just, you just tell me you got to work late and we'll just go over the game. I've got to go home and cut the grass. We got to get ready. We're going to Columbus at tomorrow. So
1: really, you're, you're so you'd rather cut the grass and go watch the bats win? Bats and Ellie. There are like a groups. lot of things I'd rather do, yeah. then
3: cut the grass, but that's things I have to do. Are you going to make your kids cut the grass when they get old enough? Uh, John, probably, yeah. I, I feel like I cut the grass at my parents' house a lot growing up. Like that's, I feel he like that's like, that like one of the perks of having
1: a kid is mm-hmm. to make them like... Like our buddies say, like he never made his oldest son cut the
3: grass. He would always end up cutting it for him. I'm like, that's the whole point of having the kids, right? I don't mind cutting the grass. When I feel up to it, I'm fine with it. It's a nice little... You put the headphones in, nice little distraction, get out there, get in your own mind. I hated cutting grass. Not, I'm not shocked.
1: I mean, I, 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 I unlike you, I support the local uh, businesses of, of, of my neighborhood and the youth of of, of Briarwood, and I, I pay them to cut the grass. I don't see you as much of a, a chore guy growing up. No, no, no. The closest I came to like home improvement was watching Home Improvement. That's yeah. That's about what I. I mean, listened. that's. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean now I have
3: a lawn guy. He does a great job. I've recommended it to people. They 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 love him too. We used one last year. We had. Uh, a guy come out and did all of our. He did our landscaping before, but he did like the because I was feeling so crappy last summer. He was doing the mode, but he stopped doing that this year. So we kind of were looking for a new guy. But I'm yeah. handling it right now. I need to get a new uh, weed eater. My my hedge has been not hedge trimmer, My edger has become doesn't start. You, get that you, fixed. you need something to get rid of your weeds? What? Why don't
1: you invite me over? Yeah. Uh <laughs> Oh come on! Is that like a, is that like a modern day dad joke? Maybe.
3: It's worse than a dad joke. Is it
1: worse? Than, there's a level below dad joke. It's terrible. I didn't know there's. What's that level called? Trevor joke. Uh, oh, now that's a bad joke. Just truth bomb. You know, you know, joke? Take a look at take a look at the NBA East. <laughs>
3: a little bit of breaking news. Uh, actually, I didn't even know that this guy had entered the transfer portal. But do you remember Tay Davis, Dre Davis's little brother, who was committed to us? Yeah. And then ended up when we, we fired Chris Mack or whatever parted ways with Chris Mack. He and, and Dre both entered the transfer portal, went yeah. to Seton Hall. Remember last December, we were like, if we'd gotten him, we'd been better. Right. Tay Davis, he ended up entering the transfer portal, unbeknownst to me. I assume, I think Dre's still at Seton Hall, but I guess they're just going their separate ways now. He has committed to Notre Dame. So we will see no. Tay Davis this season at least one time. Uh, Irish now have 10 projected scholarship players on their 23-24 roster. Their are first under Micah Shrewsbury, the new head coach. But I didn't even know that Tay Davis had entered the portal. But he he he. Neither one of them really. I don't like. Didn't move, big seasons. Move the needle, I
1: guess is the word I should be looking for. I Tay mean,
3: started off well. I mean, I think he started early in the season. He broke the starting lineup and then didn't do much. He was barely playing at the end of the year. Dre averaged, I want to say, like eight and a half points per yeah. game. Trey
1: ended up finishing at two point eight points, two point eight rebounds a game. Tay, uh, right? Tay, I'm sorry. And then Dre about. averaged what? Dre finished at 9.6, okay. 3.3 rebounds. Uh, I'm not looking at the total games played, but. He had a few big games late. I know Dre played a big role for them, but was not a starter. Yeah, Trey started two and played in 32, 13 minutes total. So he played almost every game. Uh, Dre played in 23 with one start. So he played and he must miss some time. He had an injury, yeah. Yeah.
3: But I think Dre's sticking around at Seton Hall, but Tay hit the portal, which is interesting. You rarely have that happen. Although, I guess the. Who at the, the brothers who went, started their careers at, uh, one went to Michigan State, one went to Virginia, the, the big white kids who were shooting. Oh, well, yeah, the
1: ones just see was it still Michigan State last year. Hauser, wasn't it? Or, Hauser,
3: thank you. Sam yeah. and, and whatever the other one was.
1: Yeah, he yeah, was still on the team last year, right? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. They were twins too, right? They were twins. Yeah, that's, I think that's the first time the twins, a twins tandem has ever like broken up. Usually they just all go to Stanford. Stanford or Nevada,
3: Caleb and whatever other the twins. Yeah, it's true. Oh, and he, and
1: and one of them has with the uh, with the heat now and playing well. Caleb, Caleb. he was a beast. Yeah,
3: you've got. Uh, I think we big... assume it's
1: Caleb. I don't know. Maybe they're switching up. Maybe it's, it's how they're getting. It's Caleb.
3: <laughs> you've got a, a huge like twins coming up. Uh, Carlos Boozer's kids are like two of the biggest. Oh, really? Coming up, and they're they twins. They're supposed to be very very good. Is is the uh, uh,
1: what, what's his name? Um, the one. Uh, Jason, the one place for the Bucks. I'm a brain fart in his last name because I don't want to say Collins. It's like, um, who's the place? Um, Lopez. Is our Lopez twins the best ones? No. Uh, I mean, Robin was okay. He was, I don't think he got enough, not as good as his brother, but. I mean, Charles uh, and Ed O'Bannon were pretty damn good back in the day. Dude, there's no, you can't compare Charles to, to even what Robin Lopez has done through his career, though. Well, I mean, Raul Lopez was still a starter in the NBA. For Ed, Charles O'Bannon was like, and even Ed barely sniffed the NBA. I think Ed's NBA career was... Right, but game. I'm saying like in college. Oh, well, okay. I was, think, I was thinking just...
3: Ed was National Player of the Year and Charles averaged like you're 15 right. points per game. Yeah, but career. Ed O'Bannon can go
1: to hell because he's the reason why I had to go to 10 years without a football game. <laughs> so I I don't care. I give no, Ed O'Bannon is not acknowledged
3: in my world. He doesn't exist. Did Taylor Griffin ever play in the NBA? Because he and Blake were pretty good. Were they twins? I thought they were just little brother. I think they were just... I, you may be right. I think they were just brothers. Yeah.
1: And who's the other Stanford twins I'm, I'm brain farting on? They had two pairs of twins. They had the Lopez and I don't know the other one. Was it Collins? Don't know. Oh come on, Trevor! Don't how do you brain fart this. I know they had two pairs at one point. I told you the story. Like my, I think Lopez might be the best. I'm, I'm gonna go with Lopez and someone else gives me a better option. Best twins in basketball history. Just I mean, not just I guess college, but just in their basketball careers. Okay. Just,
3: I like, when we played them in the NCAA tournament, like. My sister, when Probably she was them. living with us, she followed college basketball a lot more than she does now, but she'd always, she kept hearing people talking about the Lopez twins, Lopez twins, and she thought Lopez twins was a player's name. And so, like, <laughs> we're, we're playing them, she's like, wait, she's like, they're actually twins? I'm like, yeah, they're two different people, Brooke and Robin Lopez.
1: <laughs> the weird thing is, is that the, when you talk about twins, like, when you look at them, they look nothing alike. Oh, yeah. like, I guess they do it in the face if you, but, like, Robin's got, like, you know, the sideshow bob hair and... And 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 Brooke is, you know, clean shaved and not and their games are completely different. Brooke is outside, face up, kind of a soft, soft touched big man where Robin was old school
3: on the block. Every list that I'm seeing has the Van Arsdale twins at number one, Tom and Dick. And that's from like the sixties.
1: I was gonna say was like, <laughs>
3: And then number two, I'm seeing a lot of Horace and Harvey Grant, love. Ah, I forgot they're twins too, yeah. And then Marke Marcus and Markeith Morris from Kansas. Eh, the
1: Morris twins are overrated. you ask me. I li- the Grant one's a good one. Grant one might actually give you a run because Harvey was a good NBA player as well, And Horace obviously. I mean, and they never even played. Well, I guess they did technically start at Oklahoma together. That's right
3: because Horace transferred to to Clemson. Yeah, all these lists just kind of copied Jason and, and uh, Jerron Collins. So it was the other- Collins was the other twins? Then okay, there you go. I knew there was
1: another twins I was drawing a blank on. that went to Stanford, and I just as soon as I did that, I, I came across it. Yeah, all these lists are kind of the same. Those twins, by the way, were the were on the team that lost the UK in the final four. They, they were they were freshmen on that team. Yeah, they didn't play a whole lot, but they were freshmen. It looks like most people have the
3: Lopez twins at like three or four on these lists. The Van Orsel twins, you can't top
1: them. Yeah, I guess I, I'm a, aside from them, the Grants I will accept. Though I, I agree with that one. Cause I guess that's only approval. What about but Heather and Heidi Bird from Double Teamed, <laughs> classic <laughs> Disney Remember, original I, I, movie. Okay, okay, sure. It's a Disney movie. I'm <laughs> Do you mean someone did not think that through a little bit? Trevor, I would have bet a million dollars when I said that, that you were going to make that
3: exact reference.
1: Actually, my reference would have gone to the Van Damme movie. What? That's the real double team that I recognize. Oh, I don't even know that. Or is that Double Impact? That's Double Impact, actually. Double Impact? Yeah, with Van Damme, he played two characters.
3: I, I don't know that movie. Do you remember Double Impact? It's not yeah.
1: making the list because I, I like it too much. But I mean, it was classic Van Damme 90s. He was uh, – yeah, he was – I can't remember why. He had to go, like, Hong Kong for something. And it turns out his twin brother lived there. He didn't know. I'll take
3: your word for it. Call, call Nick Curran. <laughs> call Nick Curran. Get him on the phone. Yeah, okay. We're going to talk to Nick Curran in a second. Uh, Voice of Louisville Bats Baseball, which you can always hear all the action right here on 1450 The Big X, including tonight, as the Bats go for their eighth win in nine games and their third straight over Wooster. hope I'm saying that right. I still I'm still not 100% sure. But coverage will start here at 6.05 p.m. First pitch out there at Slugger Field. Will be six thirty-five. It is a homestand, and you know, the way that AAA baseball works: six games one week against one opponent, six games the next week against another opponent. So you know, it's not like you're you're here for three, gone for three. If you're home, you're home for that entire week. And, and the bats, after uh, a stint away last week, are home through this weekend. Uh, they're going to play at, at six thirty-five, I should say, tonight, and then I think seven fifteen tomorrow, and then Saturday and Sunday will be big time nights at the ballpark. We'll talk to Nick in a second about all the good stuff happening, including his thoughts on Ellie De La Cruz, his thoughts on Christian Narcasio and Strand, two future Red Stars. De La Cruz certainly probably going to be up with the big club sooner rather than later. We'll get into that. He is putting up monster numbers here with the Louisville Bats, as is and Strand, who had a grand slam last night in the Bats' 9-2 to victory. Again, Bats over five hundred for the first time since 2016 and playing some of the best baseball in all of the international league. If you've ever wanted to to head out to Slugger Field, but haven't been going recently for whatever reason. Now is the perfect time. It's the best show in town, and it's probably not going to stay that way for all that much longer as far as the star power is concerned. But I think we got him on the line here. Trev?
1: Yes, my bad. My my, my 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 headset wire got wrapped up in the phone wire over here. I'm I'm like a I'm like a like one of the seagulls when they get like the six pack thing stuck on them. Hold okay, on. All right. but yeah. we're good to go. You can bring them on. Thank you.
3: We we are joined now by the voice of the Louisville Bats, Nick Curran. Uh, he's kind enough to spend some time with us here on a Thursday. Nick, how are you, my friend? Doing well. How are you all? We're doing well. Uh, we were mentioning before you were coming on here. Maybe the best time in a long time to go out to the ballpark and catch a Louisville Bats baseball game. It's great to have star power, which the Bats certainly do, but playing some insane uh, baseball right now, um, have won, what, seven of their last eight, putting up monster numbers. This is about as good as it's been, I'm sure, since you've been with the club as far as the, the product on the field is concerned.
0: Yeah, there's not really been anything comparable to this in terms of uh, the lineup and 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 obviously the star power, like you said, Ellie De La Cruz is it's it's Ellie Mania everywhere. While uh, Reds fans wait with bated breath for him to get to the big leagues, and and Christian Encarnacion strand in the middle of the lineup too, and Andrew Abbott, top pitching prospect for the Reds, you know th- those three guys really fun to watch. But it, it's really spread throughout this entire lineup. It's an offense that just keeps chugging along, and, and those two guys are the headliners, but this offense has been spectacular uh, for the better part of a month and a half now, and, and they just, uh, yeah, it's it's so much fun to watch um, up and down it, and uh, yeah, I don't know that there's been a more uh, fun and, and certainly not a more electric time to, to get out because I don't know how much more you'll get to see Ellie De La Cruz here, uh, so Great to, to get an opportunity to do it because he's a guy that I think one day a lot of people are going to be saying, man, I remember seeing him play uh, w- when he was in Louisville. So um, definitely definitely a great time to, to get out and, and check it out, and it looks like some great weather this weekend too. Are you saying
3: definitively then, Ellie De La Cruz up with the big club for this weekend series against the Brewers? That's what I'm hearing.
0: No, I'm certainly not saying that definitively at all. Uh, And and please don't put that anywhere because uh, that's already caused quite a little (laughs) bit of a a stir here. Uh, Ellie had a day off last week in Syracuse, and uh, I thought uh, people were just going crazy thinking he was going up. But it was just a day off. So, yeah, Uh, he's DHing today. I don't know. I don't know if that means anything. Read into that what you will.
3: Nick Curran says it right here. Go to the message boards with it. He's coming up soon. That's It's happening. It's all happening this weekend. Uh, it is Ellie Mania. Like, like, you, know, you guys were on the road last week. Is he getting some of the same treatment when you go to, to places outside of the International League, as he certainly is getting here? The attention, I mean, he's the number one prospect in all of baseball. He's got to be drawing some eyeballs on the road as well.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about it. There's people... Um... You know, there was someone, uh, some folks told me there was someone with a sign in Syracuse that said, I came to see Ellie or something like that. Um, You know, there's autograph seekers out and about, probably in a little bit bigger numbers even. There's always some, but even a few more uh, with him. And and I think, yeah, I think even on the road, it's it's a big deal. Um, Even up in Syracuse, which is certainly not Reds country, but I I think um, next week, if, in fact, Ellie is still with us um, when we go to Columbus, which no reason to believe he won't be. Um, that'll be interesting, too, because obviously um, right in the, the heart of uh, the Buckeye State and a lot of Red fans in Columbus. So um, that'll be interesting to see. But there's no doubt about it. I think people everywhere uh, know about him, and he's garnered national attention. and uh, And so he's a draw wherever the bats go right now. We were
3: talking about it last week on the show. I couldn't believe it when I saw the stats from the, the the Bats PR Twitter account saying when the Bats went over 500 last week, it was the first time the club had been above 500 since July of 2016. I mean, right. you would have assumed they would have won an opening day game at some point between then and now. I mean, that's an astounding stat, uh, the, the fact that we're, like I said, it ha- it's been a long time since there's been this much success around this Bats baseball franchise.
0: Yeah, it is an astounding stat, isn't it? Like it really is remarkable um, that the team had not been 500 at all, uh, not even 1 and 0, as you said, since July 27th of 2016. Before going over 500 last week in Syracuse, um, I would be interested to know if there's been a run like that in sports in general. Like it, it's just such a unique thing and, and really unlucky in a lot of ways to have not just won an opening day game and be 1-0 or whatever the case may be. So uh, it has been a while, and uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I think everyone working here is enjoying it, especially the folks that have been around through uh, a, a lot of tough years. Uh, Greg Galliet of course, has been here for forever, so uh, he's getting back to sort of the glory days now with, with how good this team is. But uh, uh, certainly... It's, it's, it really is. It's not an exaggeration to say this is the, the best time to get out and see the team play uh, in, in at least seven years because that's the last time they were, they were over 500. So it, it is a, uh, it's a crazy stab, but they just keep picking stuff up. They just finished the best, the best month of May in, in franchise history as uh, they finished May at 19 and 7. Uh, that's the best winning percentage in May, the fewest losses they've ever had in the month of May. So a uh, team playing well, and and just uh, you get to see history basically every night at the ballpark right now. That's the way this uh, this club is going.
3: Talking with Nick Curran, the voice of the Louisville Bats, here on 1450 The Big X. You can hear all the action of Louisville Bats baseball right here on 1450 and 96.1. We've got a 635 game tonight, two 715 games uh, the next two nights, Friday and Saturday, and then a 105 afternoon game on Sunday what do we have going on at, at, at the ballpark? I'm assuming tonight is another Thirsty Thursday. What else do we have on tap? Uh,
0: yes, tonight, Thirsty Thursday, Jeremy Sharp, who is spectacular, uh, a, a buddy of ours here at the Bats, will be playing out on the Miller Lite party deck. Uh, so get here early uh, and, and hear Sharp. He is wonderful. You won't regret that. Also, the Indianapolis Colts Caravan. Uh, Colts at bat is here tonight. So Zaire Franklin, the linebacker for the Colts, Slated to be here. Some Colts cheerleaders, mascots, the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, will be here uh, as well. He'll be joining us on the air in the second inning, in fact. So, big night here tonight. Of course, the $2 beer and uh, great weather. And then tomorrow night, seven fifteen, 15 Girl Scout night. They'll uh, camp on the field after the game. It's also Lou Gehrig Day around baseball tomorrow. So, uh, some efforts here as well to, to raise money to help fight ALS and raise awareness That will be part of things tomorrow night. Fireworks after the game, of course, um, always a big thing. Saturday night, 7.15 as well, Ali Festival night here, part of the Muhammad Ali Festival. Uh, The Muhammad Ali Center will be here handing out free wristbands to the first 1,500 fans through the gates. Uh, Special Muhammad Ali-themed hat, I believe, still slated to be in the team store and in-store only exclusive. Um, it looks really good, kind of modeled after the Everlast Trunks. On, uh, that'll, that'll be here on Saturday. And then fireworks after that game as well. And then Sunday, Kids Day, kids run the bases after the game. Uh, kids eat free. $5 tickets for kids. There will be inflatables as well. So there's a lot going on this weekend. And Andrew Abbott, left-hander who started the game here on Tuesday night, uh, Red's top pitching prospect. He is slated to start here again on Sunday, uh, so a little added bonus if you come to the day game on Sunday, you get to see him pitch, which is a treat. And uh, yeah, great weekend of fun and family and and some great baseball too. Did you
3: enjoy? I heard it's always good to get some nice national pub for the local guys here. Yeah, I loved hearing your call of the Ellie De La Cruz walk off. I saw it on ESPN. Uh, I've seen it all over social media channels. That had to be kind of fun for you this week. It was a nice
0: little bonus. Yeah, it was, It was uh, that type of stuff is always fun. Just uh, those moments are, are really cool and I've gotten to see quite a few of them over the last few years. But um, that was cool because, you know, Tuesday night everyone here was aware of, of L.A. De La Cruz, I think. Every time he came to bat, he, he got a pretty large round of applause. And, um, you know, an extra one there in the ninth with one on and one out. And I, I think everyone was, was feeling like he was going to do something, expecting him to do something. I don't know if everyone was expecting him to hit a home run, but everyone was expecting him to come through with something in that spot. And with all eyes on him and with everyone expecting something, uh, that's what he delivered, which I think is is pretty special. And, and that's why that was really cool because, um, you know, I, I don't know it's that often when, you know it's something special when everyone watching is expecting you to do something and then you're able to do it uh, I, I think over the years whatever sport it is when you see guys that are that are special and, and sort of playing their trade uh, that's an attribute they share and and that's uh, that's something we've seen from Ellie quite a bit this year and and certainly there was a, a big moment with the walk off and it was it was really fun to just be here and see it
3: he is Nick Kern. You'll hear him right here on our airwaves tonight when the Louisville Bats take on Worcester uh, again at six thirty-five. Coverage starting at six oh five. Make it out to the ballpark if you can. Weather's going to be great. Ellie De La Cruz is still here for now. Christian and Strand is still blasting grand slams. It's the uh, the biggest show in town. Nick, we always appreciate the time, man. Uh, can't wait to hear your call of the game tonight.
0: Now, appreciate it as always, and. Uh... Happy to have not been out of breath this time. Uh, Thanks for uh, for having me. No
3: problem. That was Nick Curran in full breath there uh, on 1450, the Big X. And again, we got Louisville Bats baseball tonight. Right after we get off the air, 6.05, the coverage will start. I should mention while we're talking a little baseball, Trevor, your Blue Jays have just polished off a 3-1 victory over the Brewers, which means the Cincinnati Reds are now just two and a half games out of first place in the NL Central win tonight. Over the Red Sox, a sweep would bring them within two games. And the Brewers coming to town, starting tomorrow for a huge weekend series at Great American Ballpark. It's going to be popping. It's going to be incredible. The Reds could be in first place when we come back on the on the air Monday uh, afternoon. You're welcome. We lost the Brewers last night, I believe. He, I think you won. I think you won two out of three, though. Which Did we we'll take two out there. I
1: noticed we lost last night. I didn't, I didn't check. I forgot to check. Yeah, we lost four or two yesterday. Yeah, Alex Manoa is not having a great sophomore season. It's okay. I mean, he's, he was awesome last year. I guess technically last year maybe it was because he, he came up as a rookie briefly, but, yeah, he's uh, last year he was all-star. He was awesome. I almost bought his jersey. This year he's 1-6, like a
3: 5-something ERA. He's now. Been, he's been getting rocked. We do have a – there's a texter on the text line okay. who I've noticed before. He, he texted about bat stuff, bats okay. and red stuff, about, um, like, who's going to get called up when, and he was like, you know, the whole Ellie thing is he's just getting a day off he's always been right always been right i don't know if it's an insider i don't know if it's it's not nick cuz it's not a 502 area code but he's t- he texted in early on on the show and said i have it on high authority that ellie will be called up by the end of this series at the latest and nick did mention ellie's deletion tonight i mean i already put it on the message board that nick nick said he's coming up nick 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 guaranteed it
1: yeah i mean it's it's on there i i i used my you know uh my burner my burner Reddit account to, to post it. TK sixty nine
3: twenty four seven.
1: No know, one'll ever know it's me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's TK O four oh four twenty six nineteen eighty. Imagine <laughs> imagine the scene this weekend. Reds playing for first place against the Brewers, packed great American ballpark, Ellie de la Cruz making his big league debut, orgy in the stands everywhere. It would be incredible. Let's make it happen. What kind of atmosphere you got going on up there? This is Cincinnati. what the Reds do. This is what happens when they're good. It's a different It's a different world when the Reds are good at baseball. Cincinnati is a different town. It's like here when we're good at basketball. We need to get back to that. I miss the orgies everywhere. They were great. Make it happen, Kenny. Speaking of basketball, I've I think got we're a going to games wrong. I've got I think I've been going right. I think you've been going wrong. You've you have not been in a long time. I've been I missing get, out.
1: How much is when, when did catching a, a a day game in Cincinnati start becoming eyes wide shut?
3: Five years ago. Do you still wear the masks? Uh we've got uh, I've got a... a Louisville basketball hypothetical that I'm going to bounce off TK Ooh. coming up after the break. We're also going to hear from you guys on the Thornton Sexline at 502-414-1450. Make it out to the ballpark this weekend. It's going to be great. You may only have one or two more chances to see L.A. David Cruz in a Bats uniform. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Keep it right here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. You
2: didn't have to love for me While I was just a nothing child Let me be, let me be, let me be, let me be be.
3: I'm gonna say something extremely controversial, but extremely brave. Cheeseburger Paradise. Are you ready for it? Yeah, play with me, Trent. You keep playing? No, no, oh. no, no. no. I, I, I'm prefacing a statement here. Work with me a little bit here. Okay. I'm gonna say something controversial. Are you ready for it? I mean, I love it. Beat me. I hate Jimmy Buffett.
1: Well, the Mike Rutherford show is no longer with you today, ladies and gentlemen. He will be back. Do you like Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> yeah. He'll I mean, strike me as a Buffett guy. I mean, I'm not like a, is it parrot head? Is that what they're called, I guess? I think or, that's right. Yeah, I'm I'm not that level, but I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, who does I mean, Cheeseburger in Paradise, I mean, obviously, I mean, Come Monday's a great song. I mean. I can't
3: stand it.
1: Really? I, I hate it.
3: I, I can't. I'm sorry. I, I appreciate. It. I know people go to their concerts; they love it. Here's what pains me the most about having to say that: is someone who is very near and dear to my heart, who I hold on a, a higher pedestal than just about anybody else in the city. Kenny Klein has been to 99 Jimmy Buffett concerts. <laughs> okay, now
1: that's that's yeah, it's a little.
3: So Jimmy apparently Jimmy Buffett's been having some health issues, and so he's canceled a bunch of shows. And so Kenny is like – I saw him at one of the derby parties a couple weeks ago. He's like, I've been to 99 shows. He's like, I need Jimmy Buffett to at least have one more show that would be, somewhere yeah. that I can get to so I can get to 100. He's like, he's like, I can't stop on 99. And I was like, well, for your sake, I hope that Jimmy Buffett gets it going.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree with that. If I had gone to 99, I'd probably, like, determined to get 100 too. I mean, Yeah, none
3: of anything. You've, you've got to get that one more. Give I mean, you, you is it just
1: because, like, Margarita Bill's just so played that you just, you just, you're just sick of hearing it? I mean, how can you – it's a great song. I'm not going to say what I want to say. I've said it before. You're such a hater. You didn't say anything made before 2010. No. <laughs> I just don't. That's not even how I feel when everybody says it's to make crap to me. That's warranted. Because no. that's true. I just don't like Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, it's, you must be a hater. I don't like Jimmy
3: Buffett. Not I mean, a fan.
1: There, I, now, I'm assuming that there is not even a, a reason to go to Spotify to find out if Mark number one, right? I mean, is it Margarita or Cheeseburger in Paradise? Oh no, it's Margaritaville. I think that's probably double the next number song, which is probably come Monday or maybe five o'clock somewhere. Let's find out. I mean, I don't think Cheeseburger in Paradise. I mean, it's in the top five probably, but it's not. It's Margaritaville. I don't
3: think there's Margaritaville is not first. No, not first. Yeah, you no. It's five o'clock somewhere. Really, is number one. Two hundred twenty million plays, Margaritaville. One hundred and thirty-eight million. Oh, players. people, you're you're killing me now. Yeah,
1: you're killing. Margaritaville's the best song. I just I can get where like if you just
3: heard it because because it gets played a lot. Like yeah, you can get just sick of it. Jeff Jeff Greer just texted me and said, "Do you have any clue of a place that has uh, horse riding opportunities for adults?" I have responded with, <laughs> "This is so
1: Margaritaville." <laughs> no, I've said there's
3: a a place called the Thoroughbred Lounge that I think has adult rides. I <laughs>
1: <laughs> in, my, so in my bad. younger days... I
3: want him to Google it so bad. In my younger days, we
1: get drunk, and we'd be like, what you want to do tonight? And my buddy would be like, Boo! And that would just mean he wants to go to the lounge. He's responding with a bunch of ha-ha-has, and I walked right into that. I walked sent him the picture of the, the, the dude just uh,
3: showing brain, the big black dude. <laughs> if you can find a place for Jeff 2 to ride horses, let me know. I don't know... Screw Jeff. No offense, Jeff, but I'm looking for that too. Well, we need a specialty place for you. Well, <laughs> established. I
1: mean, it, why don't me and Jeff go ride horses together?
3: That'd be that'd be a good show, right? We again, we need to work out. Some details before we can just show up with you. You imagine the reality show that
1: is of me and Jeff just riding over over this, uh, uh, as the sun rises behind us. Jeff would be so
3: pissed. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff already hates everybody. He could not tolerate you. at Do you think. think he could handle me? No. I've never met Jeff. I've never interviewed Jeff Greer. He's I mean, very I'll, nice, but everybody pisses Jeff off. He just has a very low level of tolerance for people. Is it bad if I can't remember if I've had him on a show before or not? Well, he's been on this show. So. But Was I here? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. He was supposed to come on last week, and I forgot. Well, no wonder he hates. I don't know why he hates you. Well, <laughs> no, we're rivals. It's fine. Um, I had to interview him. I think at one point. Here's the hypothetical that I want to throw out to you. And there was a, a version of this that got thrown out to me earlier today, and I was mulling on it. And I was like, ah, I think I've got a better one. Okay. So I'm up for that. I love If it. you, it's summer. This is a classic summer topic. Beautiful. You get to choose between this. Okay. You can either have Louisville doesn't just overachieve this season. Dramatically overachieves in men's basketball, okay. so much so that we go to the Final Four. Final Four and Kenny Payne's—we go from four wins to the Final Four. It's a miracle story. They make thirty for thirties about it. We're on, you know, cover of every magazine. Four wins to Final Four. Incredible story. Right. Or yeah. you have that opportunity, or we have kind of the the season that maybe you expect. It's a you know okay, but not great. But a year from now in football, we make the expanded college football playoff in its first year. Playoff expands to twelve teams. Jeff Brom in year two gets Louisville to let's say eleven and one, and we're in the playoff. Maybe hosting a game at LNN Stadium in week. Which which of those do you pick? It, taking the basketball one. You're taking basketball. I'm not, I, I, and, and for
1: multiple reasons, but the primary one is that I don't believe Jeff needs the help of a hypothetical dream to be good in football. But you at can't some point. do that. Like this is. Why well, don't mean Maybe not. Maybe not in year two, but down the road. Okay. Down the road, I believe. Like, I don't know if I believe Kenny Payne could ever do it without a hypothetical dream.
3: Like, to me, that's the difference. If you're leaning towards basketball versus football, I feel like basketball, the advantage there is there's so much uncertainty with Kenny Payne. There's so much uncertainty with the the future of the program in general. Like, if you, let's say Kenny Payne sucks this year. We've got to fire him, but then we don't hire a great head coach again. We, we get a guy who we think is you know, kind of like Archie Miller at Indiana. We think it's a home run hire. We get the universal praise, and he's just kind of okay, and we're stuck in this average place for the foreseeable future. That's the concern, and that concern probably gets wiped away if you're good enough to make a Final Four next year with the roster that we have. On the flip side, making the playoff in football, even when it's a 12-team playoff, it sort of changes the perception of the entire athletic program. And we're in a place right now where college athletics is back on uncertain footing if you're not in the SEC or the Big Ten, or you're not one of those schools that's a lock to get into the SEC or the Big Ten. Football drives that ship. There's no question about that. If Louisville football could establish itself as a a team that could perennially maybe not be in the playoff, but compete for a spot in the playoff... It would go a long way towards changing the image of, of not just Cardinal football, but the entire L athletic program. Uh, money would go up. All that good stuff would go up. It, it would just be such a huge, huge boost to Cardinal athletics. I think I would go with football in kind of the same way. My rationale is sort of the same as yours for picking basketball. I feel like men's basketball, whether it's with Kenny Payne or whoever comes next, is still too big to fail completely. Yeah, you know, people talk about us becoming IU or becoming DePaul or becoming whatever, I think we have more built-in advantages here than than those. Maybe not Indiana. In Indiana Indiana should have been better than they, they have been for the last 20 years, but we have the fan base. We've got the big city. We've got the money. We've got the conference affiliation, even if the ACC gets a little bit of a hit. Like Louisville basketball, it should not matter what conference we play in. We should... Be able to be a national contender, and I think if we get the right coach, we will be. Whenever that happens, football—it's a little bit different, more difficult to to claw up into those, those top tiers of the, the halves in the sport. I would take the playoff, but I don't think there's a wrong answer. I think there's justification for both sides.
1: I mean, I don't know. If, I mean, how? I mean, how long could I don't even know? If football has—we have the time in our lifetimes to get to where football would be as level as loved as basketball in this area.
3: It's a good question too. I mean, I I, I, mean, think, I mean, maybe eventually,
1: but I mean, literally in our lifetimes, I don't think it'll. it'll I mean, you are talking; that would take a good twenty years of pretty solid, you know, impact. And 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 and
3: that's what I was about to say. Twenty years is the exact date I was going to say. Let's yeah. say basketball is just kind of we have a good year every now and then, but we're not going to Final Fours. We have some. We have more down years than we care. And football, conversely, establishes itself as like this perennial top fifteen team that's always in the playoff, always competing for conference championships there's there's a saying I said this on the podcast earlier today there's a saying that all quote unquote basketball schools are really just football schools waiting to get good at football mm-hmm. and there's probably some truth to that I, I, I think, think so maybe it would say I mean, but basketball is so ingrained in our society not just here in the city but the entire state like basketball is kind of what we do I don't think it could ever take a full on back seat but if you're you know if you get really good at a sport like football and you just can't get over that hump in basketball it, I mean, Think about it. Like there was a period of time there when Patrino really had things rolling in 04, 05, 06, where like basketball definitely didn't take a back seat. No, no. But,
1: are still good. Yeah. But
3: but in November and December, we became one of those schools where people were still more focused on football than they were the basketball team. They were trying to juggle both. But it was kind of like you know, one of those big time like Ohio State's. Usually, pretty good at basketball, but their fan base isn't paying full attention no. until football season's over. No. And we, you know, we we weren't we didn't have quite that much of a disparity. People were still paying attention to both, but it was like you know, if you were, if it was two thousand six and Louisville's right there in the national title hunt, and if you'd ask somebody in early November before that West Virginia blackout game are you more focused on this U L being undefeated and ranked in the top five in football or the basketball team getting ready to tip off coming off of a Final Four, which has your focus more right now? I, th- I think 90% of fans would have said football at that point.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean you're also comparing a, a huge game in football, complete history of their program to what could have just been a random basketball game, I mean, despite how good the basketball team well, is. Well, no, I was
3: saying the overall focus on the, the two programs.
1: Um, I'm trying to think, you mentioned that. I'm trying to think what would be like the last time a school did kind of flip flop.
3: We talked about this earlier and I don't, I don't think there is one of a like a school that was a historical basketball power that just got bad at basketball and then got really good at football or just or just got
1: good at football and surpassed it maybe in a way. I don't think it's happened. Like think about think
3: about traditional basketball schools.
1: Like you have to go back like I don't know Baylor starts to come on but it's still Baylor's been good at football and Baylor it's Texas. It's hard to say that basketball's ever surpassed They're football. always going to be a football school. Yeah,
3: um There's only really like a handful, maybe 10 basketball schools. UConn's always sucked at football. Duke's always sucked at football. Kansas Carolina always sucked at football. Kentucky, for the most part, sorry, UK fans, Mostly sucked at football. Well,
1: you didn't no, even when you're good at football. I mean, you have to do it long enough to be, like I said, care more about the football than the basketball. That's not and, happening.
3: And obviously. when they've been good, they've still never been yeah. a national title threat. Like they, they just, it hasn't happened. Indiana always sucked at, at football. Oh well, yeah. yeah. We've honestly come the closest out of traditional quote unquote basketball schools at like making that switch or coming or flirting with that well, switch.
1: And currently, like I'm, my, my, I don't know why. Like I think maybe Florida State seventies. Where football was so bad, they were about to get rid of it, and, and the basketball team was a Final Four team with Hugh Durham. Had a good program, Dave Collins uh, down there. I mean, then you know, obviously, in the, as the eighties came along, and they completely surpassed it. I mean, but I, I that, that's where I'm stretching my brain to right now. Yeah, i going be, back to 1978.
3: I'd be willing to bet if you talk to any Florida State fan, they would never say. Well, that but but, they but, but Florida State football was about school. to be, was was no one cared about it in the mid seventies. It was about it was at local
1: level. I mean, they were going to get rid of the program. Was it really that bad? It was kind of bad in the seventies, yeah.
3: I mean, kind of bad, and getting rid of it is are two different things. It's, it's, no, I mean, uh, I mean, like UCLA, maybe like a little bit, it kind of flirts with being a football school every now and then. Yeah, but UCLA fans don't
1: care about anything anyway.
3: I think the only one that <laughs> the only one, one, one that you can make a case for, and I still don't think that this is ever because they've always been pretty good at both, and I would say they lean more towards football is Michigan State. Yeah, I
1: think Michigan State is more of a football school probably than they are. But oh, well, yeah. But I mean, but Michigan State was more of a basketball before they were football, winning it with guys like Judd Heathcote in '79. Were they not football then though, too? I mean, I bet they they probably you you know actually they were probably football on before that because they they played at uh they were playing Notre Dame in, like one of the greatest games ever in the '60s or '50s, right? Right. Like they,
3: I think they've always yeah been they, uh, football you're right, they were more football school. then. Yeah, that's just been good at both.
1: That's so that would be the that would be an argument of the basketball surpassed since 79.
3: I think actually like, I, back, I think the talk, only and we've got to go back to the 70s. The, the only answer that's out there that's that's possible is Syracuse. Now that I'm thinking about it, cuz Syracuse football at one point in time was a they were producing big time NFL talent, they were always in the national rankings and they since 01 have not been relevant at all in in football. They've won a national title in basketball. Like they have become, I think, I don't know what the fan base would say if you asked them. But to me, and to, I think the rest of the country, they're like Syracuse is viewed as a basketball school. Are they not? Um, it's not lacrosse. <laughs> well, again, we're talking football. I right? know.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I. I mean, it would probably be. Yeah. I would say. I mean, the last football relevance was '98 when they won the Big East with McNabb. I think that they are they won the national title with with um,
3: the with the Ernie Davis or
1: they played for it, I believe, with Ernie Davis.
3: I think they've so from 1987 to 2001, Syracuse finished in the top 25 not uh, nine times. Since then, they've completely fallen off the college football map. and I think they' be I think that's the answer to the question. They're, they're the only program that really at one point in time was probably viewed nationally as a football school and has become a, a basketball school because the football's fallen off so much and the basketball stayed good. Besides that, it just it doesn't. I mean, with really with, happen. with all
1: mats, you like I said, you have to almost go back to the starting in the '80s at some point with the way we, we even have agreed that it's it's not an overnight process. You're talking 20, 25 years to do this. Sure, sure. So I mean, wherever this starts, you're going to have to go
3: around the '70s and '80s maybe. I mean, we've you've got or, hundreds of hundred years of Louisville basketball where for at least what sixty of them, we've been pretty damn good. We, we we've been pretty good. Whereas with football. I mean, our modern history and our history of real success outside of just being the program that once had Johnny Unitas starts with with hiring Howard Schnellenberger uh, and being good in the 90s. And even then, like, you go to Conference USA and, and you've fallen off. You have some success. Cragthorpe comes in. You don't have success. We've been a whatever program recently. Like, it, it would take – you almost would have to start now as a national powerhouse and go for 20 years while the basketball program tanks to, to – and even then, like, I don't know if it would if it would happen. If, if people would – People would support football. People might be more into football, but they still would care awfully deeply about basketball. Like I don't think that that – it's so deep-rooted at this point. I don't think – it's kind of like we talked about with Tennessee football where the basketball program has been better than their football program in recent years, and you ask any average Tennessee fan, which they care about more, and it's still going to be football. Nine, nine times out of ten.
1: Arkansas, I feel like – Because Arkansas obviously has is a football school. You had the, you had the Southwest Conference, and they're and – they head love of football, and then you, in the late seventies, you had, you know, Eddie Sutton have success there. In, in the in the mid seventies, uh, dropped off a little bit after he left, but then Nolan Richardson coming in, and what they did in in, in the nineties, and I mean, I know they're, you know, I mean, they've been somewhat in terms of success, probably at par with basketball and football. I don't know. I mean, I would say less. Besides the Petrino years, they've been pretty dismal at football. Yeah, I mean right now they're definitely more of a
3: basketball like they're better well, they're at more successful
1: but that doesn't mean they're this more popular that's that's the, the kind of more of the
3: question right i, I think they, they've been better at basketball recently but i still think that arkansas if you ask their fan base which like what do you view arkansas as i think they would say football school you're probably right you might be i'm just again i'm just kind of throwing no, it's myself. a good one that's a good one i mean i'm just kind of trying
1: to spit spit fire or they're whatever. one of
3: the very few that i think can do both very well i mean that we talked about them a couple of days ago. How Bud Walton Arena, even when they're bad, yeah, like they support that. Yeah. They're the one school outside of Kentucky in the SEC that, even when the team is bad, like they're going to be there. They're going to be excited. They're going to make that a home court advantage. Tennessee a little bit, but I think not quite as much. And I think that comes with, like we talked about, have having that first breakthrough success, how it changes the entire landscape of the program. I think that's what we're talking about with with U of L football. You know, Arkansas. They win that national title in 94. They play in the national title game in 95. That has a long-lasting effect. I mean, that, that doesn't just go away. If Louisville football were able to break through and at some point, whether it's you know now, five years, 50 years, 100 years from now, win a national title, I think that would have a – the reverberation would last for a, a long, long time. It's why I'd love to see Louisville at some point break through and make that playoff and just see how it affected the program moving forward. I wonder if Larry Nager can
1: stay at Miami long enough to, to put them in the argument.
0: Then Probably again, not. my their attendance. Sucks. When I,
1: when I, I was going to say, but they're kind of like with UCLA to me, like their fans. I don't think give a bleep either way. They just want to go see a winner.
3: I think <laughs> at least what you have with UCLA is you've got a, a large group of like sidewalk fans that like, like is that what you call Fairweather No, just like fans that don't live in the area that live across the country that that are like Notre Dame fans are the, the most sidewalk fans of all time. Okay. but like they have they still have a very large online presence. Their alumni. Group is large. They have a lot of money there. They just don't get a lot of people going to games because as they'll tell, like that is the, the arena is not on campus. It's a long drive from the heart of LA in traffic. You're trying to make it at like 6 p.m. local time. Like th- those games just aren't going to be heavily attended, but I still think they have a good fan base. Miami fans, I think, just don't give a bleep whatsoever. Like they don't they're not watching games. They're not right about that. Yeah, they're not they're not going to games. They are, yeah. They averaged last season in basketball. And this is a this is a team that was probably the best in the conference last year. They averaged 3,015 fans per game, which was easily the last in the sad. ACC. It's terrible. Sad. It's
1: terrible. That's sad. Michigan, Dead last in the conference. You had to good one Michigan State. I think that might be a good one.
3: Michigan State and Syracuse, I think. They, but Syracuse is the reverse of what we're talking about. They kind of went from football to basketball. We're talking about somebody going from basketball to football. I'm kind of just thinking I mean, either
1: way, actually. I mean, it's, it's hard to do, I think, on either side. For sure. I mean, especially when you have, I mean, when we're talking about schools that have Built establishments and built foundations of programs, you know, from the 30s through 40s, 50, 60s, all the way up to, you know, for 50 years. And yeah, he might also basketball's lack of popularity for the most part, especially in certain regions.
3: A little bit of breaking news here before we go to break. Uh, KJ Cloyd, Louisville linebacker, has just announced that he is re-entering the transfer portal. He put out a statement saying I want to thank Coach Brom and the entire Louisville staff for the opportunity to play at the University of Louisville. I will forever cherish the time spent here with my teammates and loving fans, but I've decided to enter the portal as a graduate transfer. I am now open to being recruited. Cloyd. Different version now. He entered the portal back uh, when Brom was hired. It was a huge blow. It was was seen as a big deal to get him back. Uh, He goes to spring practice. He's here now and uh, apparently going back in the portal. That's what that means, right? Not great news. Here we go.
2: Suck it transfer portal.
1: <laughs> the portal can suck it. It's a negative version.
3: <laughs> so we will, yeah, I mean I mean we'll linebacker is still a position of I, I think need for U football. You've got Keith Brown, the Oregon transfer. Yeah. You've got Stanquan Clark, who's probably going to pre- play as a true freshman. That's a big deal to get him. Uh TJ Quinn. I think Steven Heron is gonna, I don't know if he's gonna play linebacker or they're gonna put him at defensive end. But uh linebacker is we that's the spot where we lost the most from last year's team. And you don't just replace guys like Yasir Abdullah that easily. And, and KJ Cloyd, I'm not sure if he was going to start, but certainly would have played solid snaps for for Louisville, would have added some depth and, and losing him. Is not a not the biggest deal in the world, but certainly not a small deal either.
1: I like to look at it more half glass full. That he's seeing that the guys ahead of him are doing so well, he realizes he won't play. They're just so good. That's that. That's what I that's how I look at it as. I'm ho- <laughs> I, I like that idea. <laughs> Thank you. Let's be optimistic here after our downer version of the transfer portal. <laughs> uh,
3: I mean. You- we also have Jalen Alderman is still here, who had the the famous UCF pick six to end the game a couple of years ago. <laughs> so, ben Perry. i remember that more than I was named probably for life. <laughs> uh, it doesn't shock anybody. Ben Perry is playing that star position, so which is kind of a linebacker, kind of not. Um, I don't know. We, we're definitely thin there. We could have used KJ Cloyd, but so it goes. I'll right, we'll take a break. Five o'clock hours on the way next. If you want to weigh in, text us at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on June 1st on 1450
2: and 1, Big X.
1: 16 when he's singing. I know. Here so I go, go, double Spotify today and say this or La
3: Bamba? Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna I mean, g- it's only two I know by Richie Valens. First of all, well, well, it's I mean. not not a large catalog, unfortunately.
1: Um, you're right. You're right about that.
3: I'm gonna guess
1: La Bamba, right? I was wrong already once today, so maybe. I mean, for all I know, this was his first hit. I know that. I'm pretty sure. Like I think Donna Dude, came out before La Because
3: then he had that, like My Little Susie or whatever. Um, I don't remember my little Susie. Maybe I'm. Um, I'm, I'm gonna check it out. Let me see. Richie Valens, R.I.P.
1: Day the music died. By the way, uh, only I think only one person in that in that wreck that hasn't had a bio made after him. The Big Bopper.
3: Labama is number one. Okay. "We Belong Together" is number two, covered by Mariah Carey. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's go, is number three, and Donna is actually number four. Okay. I guess Donna wasn't, uh, La
1: Bamba was his first number one song, though. La Bamba. That's sad, though. I mean, come, can we get the Big Bopper, biopic? Like, Big the Bopper. Th- a biopic? I love the Big Buddy Holly, Richie Bounds, and and, and, and uh, Big Bopper, who were the three that, that passed in that, in that, as well as no disrespect to the... The pilot, Mr. Roger Peterson, as I'm reading it on Twitter. Nicely. Oh, I thought for a second there, I was like, damn. Nice, boy. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that right. Uh, he doesn't have a Wikipedia page, so I can't click on it. Don't worry, neither is Ella, Ella De La Cruz.
3: What? Um, but, but but he's the only one that have a, should we get Big Bop or a biopic? I mean, he made Chantilly ways I mean, Chantilly Buddy Holly's got Lace. one? Lace. Underrated yeah, movie with Gary Busey? What's the movie about uh, Richie Valens? That's uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. Labamba, Labamba. You've talked about this before. I've it's never called it. Labamba. I mean, I think not it's... just a clever name. <laughs> not,
1: not to be confused. Like I know I can get to a Gary Busey movie about Buddy Holly. You might not know it's about him since it's called the Buddy Holly movie. But uh, yeah, I mean Big Bopper, dude. Let
3: me get no respect whatsoever. I there's a movie and I can't remember the quote. My dad would kill me for not knowing this because but there's a movie where it's like you know people always go crazy about uh, you know Buddy Holly. But I was actually more of a fan of the Big Bopper and like my dad was like that was me too. Um, little baby, that's what I think of when I think Baby, that's a what I look. Like. Yeah. Now he also did the a version of the you know the song Little Red Riding Hood. You sure are looking good. You're everything that a big bad wolf. You know football. the big bopper. Yeah. Okay. That's, he did that song. Too. I can believe that. Yeah. But Sam Sham whatever Pharaoh is like they they made it real popular. But he did that version of that song first. I guess. Chantilly Lace was his number one best. That's his name. song, yeah.
1: Yeah, number the big one. When I look at this, it, co- like this list of songs, the yeah. second one listed is Purple People
3: Eater. What? I, <laughs> I, mean, I just think of the Minnesota Vikings when I think of that. But uh, Big Bopper, I'm going to guess Chantilly Lace has. To... Yeah, Chantilly Lace is. Easily oh yeah, good. that's there's there's no comparison. Yeah, I don't think yeah. Little Red Riding Hood is is uh, the I mean, third maybe, most.
1: Maybe player. that's why he he because he, he only had one real hit where everybody. I mean, Buddy Holly had multiple.
3: Ballins at least had two. The fourth song on this list is Big Bopper's wedding.
2: <laughs> this
1: is this the name okay. of the song?
3: I don't know if it's like something that he played. But I mean, was it, he too old? He was
1: twenty-eight. Maybe, maybe that, maybe that's why. and they, they, they think he's he was too old to get get respected because balance was only seventeen, I think. Uh, Buddy Holly was what twenty one, maybe? He was young too. He was he couldn't have been more than twenty. Uh, he died at twenty two. Okay.
3: God, that's I mean, all like, they were so the, young.
1: All three of those guys. I mean, under thirty. And Spets. no disrespect to Alan, but Hopper. I mean, I, I'm a I love, I like Buddy Holly. I'm a I'm a fan of Buddy Holly's hand up. I mean, he's by twenty two. I mean, he's got you know good ten good ten legit songs. What are we doing with our lives?
3: These guys are all younger than they're half your age now, Trev. What are we doing? Oh
1: God. And here I am. My, my, my goal is to finish a whole series in two days. You're gonna, and you're gonna knock this out. guy. This guy, <laughs> this guy by 22 out. has written some of the greatest songs. I mean, he started a whole, almost an, uh, a trend, if you want to call it, in terms of the uh, of the rock and roll in uh, the mid 50s. And here I am, just
3: yeah. The the saddest fact that I always think about when it comes to stuff like that is when the Beatles broke up. Paul McCartney and George Harrison were both 27 years old. Oh, good lord! Like, yeah. think about like everything the Beatles have done. Like the, the, their lasting power, the way that they you know just broke through in America, all this stuff. The, the insane you, thing is just they're th- 20, they were in their twenties the entire time. I mean,
1: that's they also just the amount of just they went through decades of change and altering their styles all within like five years.
3: Yeah, I mean, you think Beatles? You think like these decades and decades? Like no, when no. they broke up, they were twenty. <laughs> yeah, you go listen to the Beatles,
1: you're like, this is a boy band. This is kind of pop music. Boy, you hold my hand. And then you go into like the acid days, and then the whole.
3: None of them were ever 30 that's during the band's history. Ringo and John were, were 29. I mean, that's like a life of actually being in a movie montage. Sad. Now that we've depressed ourselves and everybody listening, welcome into the five o'clock hour, <laughs> the Mike Rutherford show. <laughs> Here on a Thursday, happy June to you. Here on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. Uh, we've got uh, NBA Finals going on tonight. Finally, sports are back. That feels good. We got the Reds going for two games back Woo-hoo! with a sweep of the Red Sox, which would be glorious if they win tonight. Uh, it's all sorts of so- summer sports happening. We've been talking a little odds in some hypotheticals as relates uh, as it relates to Cardinal Athletics. I did want to make mention of the fact I don't want to let the show pass without noting that Louisville softball star uh, Taylor Roby, who led. All of the country in home runs this season has been named a second-team All-American. Good so, props to her. One of the yes. best players in the history of the program. She deserves her flowers. We're giving them to her right now. She's softball,
1: to Andrew McCautry, because in 10 years we'll talk about how great the softball
3: program is, and it started with her. You're damn right. A uh, couple quick notes also. Former UFL slugger Drew Ellis, who once owned UK in the postseason, I think he made Lexington his Jefferson Town native, his home. He has been called up by the Philadelphia Phillies today, back in the bigs after a couple of years fighting to get back up there. Uh, congrats to Drew. Um, Jeffersonville
1: Jeff, playing on Saturday on uh, for the uh, their championship. What'd you or, say, Jeffersonville? Also, baseball still still alive. I'll go there. Jeff.
3: All right, yeah, because Drew Ellis is from he played for Jeff Jeffersonville. Oh, you said you keep saying J town. It's not the same as Jefferson no. I said Bill. Jeffersonville. You said J town a second ago. No, I, I said Jeff. You said J town right before that. I think you're hearing things. You said you
1: said J town. <laughs> I've said it before. I've learned not to do that with this with you anymore,
3: though. Text line says you said J town. Text line is high. You said J- <sighs> you said Jeff after that, but initially you said J town because at first I was like, oh, I didn't realize he was from there. But I'll take it.
1: Jeff Dugan, you're not listening, <laughs> parrot head. <laughs>
3: Dugan is not like he's on my team. I,
1: I, I love Dugan. How Dugan is so anti like parrot heads, and he's like, but that's kind of how he is with widespread panic. Like, how many times have you seen them concert Dugan? I like widespread panic. I don't mind widespread panic. I like widespread. I'm not a big jam band guy, but I like him.
3: The other note that I wanted to get to, and I meant to bring this up with Nick Curran last hour, but, and I forgot, but uh, Adam Duvall, former Cardinal, had a very hot start to his season this year with the Red Sox. Then had an injury. He's he, he's rehabbing right now. He's with Wooster, so he's been yeah. playing at Slugger Field the last couple of nights. He'll be there tonight as Little well. Native. If you want to cheer on a former – do you know where he played in high school? Butler. Correct! If you want to cheer on a former Butler Bear, you can do so tonight Also out there a Hilltopper. At Slugger Field. He played, it, played at
1: Western? Yeah, he went to Western, then he went to Juco, and then he came to Louisville. I didn't know that. I only know it's because when he was at bat, that's what Jim Kels was talking about the other night. Yeah. He brought that up because the whole time I was thinking, I was like, then he went to Bra- – I-, I completely forgot it. it's been two years now since he was a Brave leading to lead in RBI. For some reason, I just blanked out last year's Houston team. I don't know. Well, I mean, I have good reason to because who cares about Houston. But, yeah, I I just forgot it's been two years since we had the most negative caller we've ever had, which isn't saying a lot because we went like six callers. And he asked for one thing positive, and you said, and I'll I'll never forget it. Well, Adam
3: Duvall is leading the league in RBIs. He was correct. And he he ended up leading the league in RBIs that year. Now, he – I mean, you forget – I think we talked about it on the show when it happened, but back in April – His first seven games, which were his first ever with the Red Sox, he became the first player in Red Sox history to have 10 extra base hits in his first seven games, 14 RBI, 11 runs, 33 total bases, and get on base 18 times. He holds all those records for hot starts, for uh, franchise records in the history of Red Sox baseball, which is insanely impressive. Uh, He was 8 of 14 in the first week of the season with two homers, three doubles, a triple, six runs, and eight RBI. And then, fortunately, got hurt. But you can see the former card at uh, Slugger Field these next couple of nights, playing for Wooster. Best of luck to him. He'll be back up with the big club in no time. I just clicked on his page. I don't know. I just I wanted to look at it real quick. And on,
1: on reference, it lists where players go to high school at. Okay. And I, I, I'm curious how it you because know, you went to Trinity, but that's like that's all Trinity is. It's known just as Trinity, right? Is there any additional parts of the name that that I'm unaware of? I think sometimes people refer
3: to it as Louisville Trinity. I know. Okay,
1: but it's, that's just okay. But my example is like Wagner. Technically, is Mame S. Wagner, right? People and and there's probably multiple schools like that. So he, as I said, he went to Butler. So when I look at it, it actually has the full school's name on here. Give any guess what the actual full name of Butler is. Is it just Butler Traditional High School? There's there is no. There is like a MAME S in front of it. Oh really? Yes. I
3: know I, this is new to me too. So we talked about this before where like MAME S, like there's I think I think Mame S was also like Wilder Elementary, had that in front I don't know who well, Mame S is. May, she was
1: she she was She's in, all over the place. She was on the board of education like in the forties. I looked it up one day. Like she was like a big prominent like uh board of education person at Kentucky. And that's why they named the school after. I because fa- I, I found that out when I found like where her gravestone was and like uh what's what's the real popular um place out off of uh, like uh out near the highlands. What's that what's that grave place? Um Cape Hill. Cave Hill, yeah. She's at Cave Hill. Okay. I, I looked I just I Googled it one day and that's all I could find was her bio at Cave Hill. And
3: because she did something with the school systems. That's why she was. The text lines are just all now people just confirming that you said Jefferson. Okay, who cares? It's Jeff, all right. We've moved on. What is Butler's full name? Maymes Butler. Is it traditional? Is that in there too? It is traditional. Okay. I, I, I and, it, and it is name, letter, Butler, traditional high school. I do remember like playing games at Butler back in the day, and I felt like I always saw and Butler I'm, traditional on that little nameplate that you have when you pull in. And I'm curious how many of these are around Louisville that we just don't know about.
1: There's like, a lot of traditional. Like how many? I mean, is it just Shawnee? I mean, is, is there was that somebody's last name, or is it named after the area? I don't know. Seneca? Well, for Butler, for instance... It is Suda-E, Butler. There you go. I wonder if people even went to Butler knew that. Probably. <laughs> I
3: want to revisit something we talked about yesterday. We did the, the Rutherford Show question of the day. We did. Which we do once every few weeks. A day. But it's the day question. And, and the question of the day has become the question, I think, of the summer so far, which is, what's the bar for Kenny Payne? Now, this question wasn't saying, what do you think the bar is for Kenny Payne in year two in order to get a year three? It was, if you were the athletic director. Where would you set the bar for Kenny Payne in year two to guarantee that he gets a year three? What does he need to do in your eyes to extend that contract, not fire him and move on after just two seasons? And we had four choices. One, doesn't matter what he does, he gets third year regardless. Two, 10 to 15 wins. Improvement from last year, but still a historically bad season relative to what L basketball has done for the last 80 years. Three, 16 to 20 wins. Probably not in the NCAA tournament, but in discussion at some point, maybe in discussion on Selection Sunday. And then four, got to make the NCAA tournament. Nothing less. That's standard here at Louisville. If he can't do it in year two, he's got to go. We had about 2,600 votes. I was surprised by one thing, which was how much the first option got the option of him getting a third year regardless, which I, agree. I think was around 7% when we talked about it yesterday. It actually ended up at 8.9%. So just under 9% of people, <laughs> almost one-tenth, said, doesn't matter what he does this year, four wins last year. If he wins four wins a game, he's still getting a third year. Got to give him time to establish culture or whatever. Uh, got to give him three years. Option two, 10 to 15 wins, got exactly 8%. That was the lowest turnout for one of the options, the winner was 16 to 20 wins. People said 43.3% of responders said doesn't have to make the NCAA tournament, but has to be around 20 wins for me to give him a third year. And then the group of people that said must make the NCAA tournament was a close second, 39.8%. So people very clearly are saying the majority, healthy majority of Louisville fans are saying he's got to show significant improvement in year two in order to get a year three, but they're coming short. At least some of them are. The at least the most of them are, of saying definitively he's got to make the NCAA tournament for me to give him a year three. Are you surprised by anything that we just said there, outside of the option one getting as much love as it did?
1: More than option one getting as much as it did? Yeah. Or beside, I mean, I I guess I'm still a little surprised that the. I, I thought maybe the gap for making the tournament would be wouldn't it be number 1 and it would be higher than than 40% and and not as close to even, you know, making 16 wins only. I I'm almost I'm I guess I'm a little surprised. And even even at 9% as low as that is, that still is like 7% higher than I thought it would be.
3: I would, like, know, I really I thought it'd be
1: like between 2 and 3%. I, and, mo- and half of that I thought it would be trolls. Really I did. I mean, I would have put money on it, but
3: and maybe it is. Well, and UK fans love the show.
1: Then again, I mean we've seen how my gambling has gone the last couple of days, so I mean it probably wouldn't have been a good bet. Has it gone bad the last couple of days? <laughs> We're gonna find out tonight when I'm about to eat. Uh, no, I, wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't,
3: but what do I
1: know? I've been bad recently too. Just Plus you mistakes. get mad at me if I told you I got distracted during that that, that run during that
3: that uh, monologue. I wouldn't be shocked. It wasn't really a monologue. I just talked for like twenty seconds on an earthred, which to you is a monologue.
1: You know what distracted me? You don't even want
3: to know you don't want to know. Just tell me.
1: I had to look up the Butler girl. She so, just died two years ago. The what? The woman who Butler's named after, she just passed away in 19. Oh, okay. She was a school te- a former teacher and county school supervisor. But I found her obituary just from like 2019. That just amazes me. She was that old. That is- and the school was named after her in 1953, so she could have been like... So she had a school named after her when she was like in her 20s or 30s, I guess. That's, That's kind of
3: cool. Once again, people doing more in their twenties <laughs> than you and I have done <laughs> in thirty-eight and forty. Well, at least Maine. At
1: least so, Maine. Anyway. By the way, the S stands for Sweet, which is awesome. Uh, Maine Sweet Wagner. She died in fifty-three. Thanks, I mean, I'm just saying.
3: What's your first name? Trevor? I mean, what's your what's your middle name? Michael. I'm trying to think of what like your your fancy name would be if you had a high school named after you, like. T Michael Kelsey High School. It just, just be We just it'd just be TMK High School. TMK. TM Kelsey. TM Kelsey works a little bit.
1: <laughs>
3: TM Kelsey. TM Kelsey, traditional high school.
1: Uh, would, you, would yours what would yours would be? Yours wouldn't be Mike, would it? It'd be it would be
3: John. technically your first name? It is. I could go like J Michael Rutherford High School.
1: J M. The J always. But if they, because if you go Michael Rutherford, people are going to think you're named after the Genesis guitarist. True. Which, which, which now that Mike. Uh, which also, by the way, now that our middle name is Sweet, it aggravates me that's not on the high school name. Could <laughs> be Sweet Wagner. That'd be awesome. That would be cool. Thank you. Probably would have won some football titles. At- We'd be in better school I right now. And we were Sweet Wagner. I think you're probably you're probably right. Because cares about MAME? Um <laughs> I know I, I know I completely I stood, yeah, you took you no, off no. your hypothetical from yesterday. I'm sorry. It wasn't a hypothetical.
3: It was, a, tribute, it was a, a poll question. But that's fine. <laughs> we can move on. God forbid we try to talk about sports for 30 seconds.
1: Or so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also getting big to people saying I said Jeffersonville. It is Jeffersonville, right? You said
3: Jefferson Town. Oh, I, thought, is- I, just, I thought I just couldn't say J-Town. You said Jefferson Town, which is what people were saying.
1: Oh, okay. That's not as bad. I thought I said, I thought people were saying I said J Town.
3: Well, it's the same thing.
1: No, it's not. It's, words matter. There's letters in those words.
3: But J Town is Jefferson Town. It doesn't have Jeff to Jeff is Jeffersonville. It doesn't have to be. It's like saying the Ville is Louisville. <laughs> it doesn't have to be, though. But it is. Could be a lot of bills. The, uh, the Racing Louisville, we gave away a t shirt yesterday. We did. Uh, shout out to Gary Ross. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he wants to know when he can pick it up, too. I probably I think I still need to give Susan his name. I don't know why. I, why am I handling all of this?
1: Well, the thing was, was he asked. He was, like, I think he asked. He was like, "I can come get it now." I'm like, "Well, there's no one there." And I was, and then he was like, "Well, when would it be a good time to come?" And I didn't like really know when to say because normally I'd be like, "Well, just gotta get there before five. But with that office, I mean, he could show up at like noon and no one's there. I mean,
3: Bill would have to do something.
1: I mean, just, yeah, I'm a little worried. Like, how we, can we I work? don't, yeah, I don't know what to tell him.
3: Yeah, I don't either. But we, we did, we will eventually <laughs> get him his t shirt. Racing Louisville, uh, to celebrate Ross's victory, they secured their second NWSL Challenge Cup win in as many tries with a 2 0 road victory in Chicago Wednesday night. They now are at the top of the standings in that NWSL Challenge Cup. Racing Louisville, getting it done. 2 nothing win. Go big perp. Go big perp. Go big perp. Go big perp. We need to cut more of those spots so I can just do it again. Big perp. Go, big perp. Uh, th- there's a vote out there. This college football home. I, I might have put this on your radar because I knew it was going to get you fired up. But there's a, this this at CFB home. This is one of those polls that means nothing, but they do these contests to generate t- uh, attention. And oh, it works it's fun. They've been doing this tournament of the best quarterbacks of the 2000s in college football. And right now it's number one Baker Mayfield versus number two Lamar Jackson. <laughs> That's not even close. Lamar, he was losing earlier today. It's not
1: even close. Lamar's twice the quarterback Baker wasn't. high. I put it on the website. Close. I
3: retweeted it. I don't know why I got invested, but I did. And Lamar currently leads now 51.1% of the vote to 48.9% of the vote. We've got about five hours left. Go find that tweet and that, vote for Lamar. That
1: should be like 88 to 12. <laughs> and the 12 should only be the fact that Baker has a large family.
3: Well, he is ESPN's number one quarterback of the the, the century. Well, there,
1: there's 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 a reason why I'm right. Your ESPN voting, ESPN that knows nothing about sports. We've all
3: learned that in the last ten years. <laughs> Everybody on ESPN knows nothing about sports.
1: I mean, have you? The, the, their, their experts are like Kendrick Perkins, and,
3: uh, and I mean,
1: the guy's as useful as an ashtray on a, on a on a motorcycle. He's a moron. Shannon Sharp leaving,
3: undisputed, by the way. Do that. They
1: got they added Pat McAfee, who's about as bright as as, as a as a broken light bulb. I mean, it's. I mean, what 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 are you gonna do? I mean, it's ESPN. What do you expect? Of course, they're gonna pick Baker Mayfield, and they had, they had to head up their own rear ends. They don't know which which way's up.
3: Taking shots at Pat McAfee now. He's an idiot. The hottest thing in sports media.
1: He's a buffoon. He's a, he's a he's a he's a watered down version of today's shock jock.
3: I don't think he's a buffoon. Mm-hmm. I think he generally has pretty rat, well reasoned takes. He's definitely out there personality wise, but I think when he comes to substance, he's he's not bad at all. He doesn't, doesn't have the NBA takes that you have, for sure. Well, very few do. Exactly. Well, that's you're not <laughs> wrong about that. <laughs> Everybody ever in the NBA has sucked. I didn't say Besides that. Besides the five-year span when I was 10 years old to 15 years old.
1: No. Unlike, I mean – not everybody sucks. I'm not like you in music where everybody sucks.
3: You said Kemba Walker was a was a role player. He's a role player. And he averaged over 20 points per game in eight of his NBA seasons.
1: And seven of those teams, what, never won more than, what, 25, 30 games? Who
3: cares? It doesn't mean he it was it's a role player. It's just a bad player. game. So you can put up numbers.
1: So Tony Campbell
3: was a superstar? Tony Campbell.
1: Yeah, the guy that averaged over twenty points a game for four years in a row with Minnesota
3: when they were bad. We're not. I'm not saying he's a superstar. I'm just saying I'm the saying fact he's is, not just because you put role a, player, he is role player means you come off the bench and average like six points per game on a
1: team that's relevant. When when on you, any if, you team. if you want Kimber Walker to be your star player, that's great, but your team's gonna suck
3: because he's not any good. That's neither here nor there. He's still the star. player. It's here and stuff. there. He's the star player on that team. He's not by definition a role player at all. Well, I mean. It's- he sucks. He's a role player. I agree with everyone who says you're like you have bad takes on a lot of things. The NBA takes are by far the worst. Not just I'm I'm sorry.
1: I should I should suck up more to the players. You're right. They're, I should be more. They're generous. not listening.
3: That's not. It's not here. To, <laughs> that's that's not part of this equation at all. It's just a. It just it's nonsensical to say that a guy averaging 25 points per game is a role player.
1: Well, first of all, his career was 19.
3: I'm saying in a particular season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He averaged, if he was averaging 25 points in a year, to call him a role player is just, I don't know what to say about that.
1: 39 and 43 that year.
3: Who cares? I'm sorry, that doesn't matter. So putting up numbers is all that matters, right? I'm saying if you're trying to call him, it's like saying he's like a starter, but you're in my eyes, he's a bench player because his team's not good. I mean, it's just somebody had this. We shot 43% that year. I'm not saying he's the best player. You, Use these straw man arguments to change everything. I'm not changing
1: it. I'm just pointing out that just just because a guy averaged points doesn't mean he was awesome.
3: I'm not again. That's a, it's exactly what I'm saying that you're doing. I'm just saying he's not a role player. That's the only thing that I'm taking issue with you. And you're like, oh yeah, he's the best
1: player of all time. In that year, he I guess he wasn't a role player in
0: eight of his that's seasons. His role
1: was well. I mean, how many years has he played? He's played twelve seasons. Yes. I wouldn't say he was well, one of those Charlotte teams. Yeah, he was their, their best player on those bad Charlotte teams. Exactly. Then wasn't he, wasn't he pretty much a cancer in Boston? Again, does not matter here. No. At 29? Does it not matter because it proves you wrong, or does it not it matter? It doesn't prove oh. me wrong.
3: <laughs> I'm asking. Texter says, Jesus Christ, Trevor, you're literally missing every single thing that Mike says. Texas says Tony Campbell only averaged more than twenty points twice in his career. Oh my best. Trevor twice. just says something with fake confidence and thinks that everyone is going to believe it. I misunderstood. I'm sorry. I said twice. I thought it was. I thought he was there for four years. Texas says this is turning into the one-hit wonder debate all over again.
1: Which one about that? Oh, are you thought you didn't realize Lord was a one-hit wonder.
3: <laughs> Texas says Trevor quote: She just passed away two years ago in 2019.
1: Did I say two? <laughs> hey, math is not my forte, people.
3: Texas says, uh, Andrew "That's still so amazing to 2019. She lived, uh, that's insane to me." Texas Andrew Slater just hinted at Reeves to Memphis, Memphis State. I mean, that's been the buzz has been out there. I mean, Antonio Reeves.
1: Oh, he's an all star, right? What? He's an all star. He averaged like 14 points a game.
3: No, oh, I'm sorry, he didn't average. If he averaged over 20 points, he would have been All SEC for sure at Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, he was certainly a good player for UK last year but he's one of those guys that I think you need to come back. Like he probably would have played about the same role on this year's team. Not getting him isn't like a, I guess if he's going pro, that's one gut punch, but to lose him to a different college is a, I think that's where the, and I'm speaking for UK fans here. I think that's where the frustration lies is how can we not convince a guy who was a top three scorer on a team that like was not a great UK team, but still was comfortably in the NCAA tournament could have done more than they did. How can we not convince him to come back and hopefully go on to bigger and better things in his second season. I, yeah, I mean, I guess the second season at UK. That, if I'm a Kentucky fan, it's sticking to my crawl, for sure.
1: Texture says... Are you happy, though? He's gone. I mean, do we not remember the Kansas State game? He was like one of 30 God, he was terrible. He couldn't make a shot. Yeah, he, I mean, he had he had a John
3: Starks, Kobe Bryant moment in the clutch. If he plays a C game, a C-minus game, yeah. UK probably wins.
1: I'm surprised UK fans are like... Are they not... I mean... Maybe I don't have my finger on their pulse very well, but, I mean, are they angry that he's not coming back? Are they –
3: I think they – I mean, yeah. I mean, he was – Because if so, did they just not forget how bad he was in that moment? But that was one game. I mean, he was still – Sometimes it's all it matters. Like, he basically got them there. Like, he was their most pleasant surprise. I mean, the games before that, 37 points in the SEC tournament, 22 um, after that, and then he scored 22 in the win over Providence. Like, he was their most consistent player. I don't know if he's the best player, but he was their most consistent player last season. Like you need, especially when you're relying on five-star freshmen, you need a consistent force, and he would have provided that. And the fact that he's going to go apparently to to Memphis is that sucks.
1: He's only gonna get plenty shots there.
3: Texter says we're drinking beers and eating dogs for Mike today. Damn long COVID. Thank you. Uh, Thirsty <laughs> Thursday at the park. Well done. I did see that. I think it's the texter who said I'm sitting behind home plate with a U of L hat tonight in the Red Sox game. I saw his tweets last night, uh, from, and he was. He was a, a few rows deep. I didn't see him on the broadcast, but I saw his, his pictures from Fenway representing both the cards and the Reds at the, in front of the Green Monster. That was cool. I think his name is Danny. Shout out to you, Danny. We love you. You know a lot of Danys. I do. <laughs> Texture says, uh, so was LeBron a role player putting up stats on those early Cavs teams?
1: Yes. Yeah, apparently he was. Wait! 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 Not to overcorrect and show stupidity in your in your in your attempt to make me look bad.
3: Texas says by Trevor's <laughs> logic, Trout and Shohei are just putting up numbers. Different sports. Still.
1: But down on the phone and don't look foolish anymore. Don't text something else like that.
2: Trevor, you're
1: so
3: <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Texas TK moving the goalpost more than U of L fans after the Florida State game. Okay. Uh, TJ texted in. I don't know what that means, but okay. TJ said, Mike, don't get swept up by Trevor, uh, the take twister. Don't get him going on the Harrison Twins if you're looking for an endless suck of bad takes. You've, uh, you have talked about the Harrison Twins before. Yeah, the po-
1: which one's the point guard?
3: Uh, Andrew. Yeah, he
1: sucked. Yeah. I don't know. I still don't understand why UK fans don't accept that. He cost you the Wisconsin game, and yet they still love him. Well, Aaron was the big shot guy. Aaron was good. No, I had no problem with Aaron. Andrew was better. Andrew was just saying like, I'm gonna put my head down and bowl I have
3: and, and kind of do what Mike James a little bit does so okay. Mike James and Aaron Harrison I guess kind of on a similar level but that was the what was the tweak that was the tweak was yeah. they the big guards put their heads down throw up shots in the lane get fouled or get, get the yeah. rebounds which hey took them to the national
1: title game I know but it also cost them in the last four minutes that was what cost them the game against Wisconsin
2: well they they, they want to
1: blame the shot clock thing all they want but. I mean, the the point was was
3: Harrison just would not give up the ball and just kept just trying to do that thing all the last four minutes. Yeah, I mean, in his defense, like it got him there, and Cal, I think that was what he was he wanted. That's what he went with.
1: And um, in fairness, in hindsight, we look back. I guess Kompfy Towns was never going to demand the ball, so I, I think still isn't demanding the ball in clutch moments.
3: Like there's become this deal. And it's easy to criticize Cal for this. And look, if you watch the the end of that game, which Lord knows I have, multiple times. <laughs> yeah, I've watched
1: the game a lot, too. Cal does look flustered,
3: <laughs> and at one point he does look, I think, to his his bench and, and says, what do I do? Which was is not a great moment for him. But I will kind of defend him in playing the, the Harrison Twins over Ulysses and Booker, because in that game, every time Booker was on the floor... They went iso, like like Wisconsin isoed him and just ate him up. Booker, yes, defense. but U.S. was
1: just a nightmare to Wisconsin to the point where they had to quit letting the point guard bring it up because he was just hassling like we used to use Douglas Beaumont in Little League at, at half court. That was the one that confused me more, and I don't know if it was because you can't take one twin out without the other, or
3: I think at that point you're trying to ride the hot hand. You're, you're saying like these buddy, guys, Uless was these guys got better in that Game, if I'm not
1: mistaken, I, I mean
3: I can accept that. But the whole like we should have played Devin Booker has become a thing because Booker's no, no. become an NBA star. But in that game, he was getting cooked.
1: No, I agree. Booker was no. I mean, and Booker's another one that we've seen kind of as good as he can be in during the regular season. Sometimes when it comes to close postseason, Booker. Uh, Booker is look, kind of looking around, like Toronto Bolta in that great gift. I'm just saying, I'm throwing it out. I mean, hey. But you're right. No, I would never argue Booker should have been in there. But, yeah,
3: Euler should have definitely been in there over the other Harrison. Texas says uh, it's not really the surprise that Spolstra, we talked about him in the first hour, did. has been with the Heat this long. Miami is the premier free agent destination, and he has a guaranteed job security being a Pat Riley disciple. He does love him. LeBron tried multiple times to get him fired and failed.
1: Damn, if LeBron can't get you fired, you know You know that the front office loves you.
3: I mean, he's the man. He's.
1: I mean, LeBron's— I'd love him, too. Yeah. I mean, he is— Now, if does he doesn't win the title, would you still, like— I mean, are you putting him in top 10? <sighs> I mean, he does have two rings. I mean, that puts him in a— oh, I may guess people have two rings in the NBA. Maybe
3: six total coaches? Has Eric Spolstra ever seen a group of balloons blown up and lit up at nighttime? is that something that might sway where he'd want to rest his head? <laughs> Just saying. For the sake of saying. Uh, same text says, I think the reason why KP is scared to do media interviews is because he doesn't have the mental toughness to endure the pressure and expectations of this program. Well, I hope that's not the case. Um uh, was 20, 27 when he got to become an
1: assistant coach.
3: Another one outdoing us <laughs> in his 20s. Yeah. <laughs> as far as they, the second text there, I mean – I'd hope not. I mean, we, again, when we talk about Kenny Payne as a head coach, there's such a limited sample size with every aspect of the job that we discuss. I, It's hard to argue against you when you look back at the way that he handled those two questions from Brooks Holton after the ACC loss where you've got to know. I mean, I, I say that, but I guess you don't have to know if you've never been in that position before. You should know if you're at a place like Louisville and you've just wrapped up the worst season in the history of the program that you're going to get questions about potentially shaking things up on the staff, potentially, you know, your job security, what you need to do moving forward. And he looked just totally taken aback that anybody would even bring that up after that, se- after a season like that. And that, I don't know if that's sign of a lack of mental toughness, but it was a, a sign of a lack of awareness that you should have as the head man at a, pr- a place like Louisville. But again, we still know so little about Kenny Payne, media savviness or, or lack of thereof. Uh, we'll find out more as the season goes on, but we haven't I mean, we haven't heard from him in what, like three and a half months. <laughs> Outside of those press conference quotes. Like we need to get like a,
1: who's the one, Alan Keller, to chase down Billy Gillespie? Yeah. <laughs> Don't look at me for that role, by the way. Who would do that? <laughs> Blankenbaker. Calgill. He's got a year left. Sick <laughs>
3: blank, blank on him. <laughs> I don't know why.
1: He's the one that popped in my head. I can picture him running down. just People, UK fans having a laugh about the sheriff trying to chase down the criminal. I can see that. I, can just, I don't know why I pictured it, yeah. Texas, us, Trevor, did Kemba Walker steal your girl? Tell us, big guy. Oh, God, no. Kemba Walker couldn't do anything defensively. He ain't stealing crap. Dude's his... <laughs> no, he couldn't steal. He couldn't do yeah. No, sorry. It ain't happening. You sure? Yeah, I could score on Kemba Walker. Oh, my
3: God. 25-year-old Trevor would have. <laughs> Cross you up like that poor JaVale McGee or whoever it was. Not not McGee. That was Brittany Griner, the dude for for Pitt. Yeah, so bad. That would be you, just flopping back, falling down, shaking the ground.
1: I would say that would be Walker Garden me, but he wouldn't be that close to me. He'd just be like not paying attention, looking somewhere else.
3: It's all the Kemba Walker hate. I just don't.
1: Like I, don't that. I love those. Like you think he's like a Hall of Famer.
3: You're, I'm not going <laughs> to let you change the argument again. What did you call him? You called him a superstar, right? No, that's no. not how it started. You said Kemba Walker sucks. i said say he was a role player. It, you said that after we got going. What started the whole yeah. thing was we were looking at that draft, and I said Kemba Walker had a pretty good pro career, and you said Kemba Walker sucks. Yeah, he's a role player.
2: Ridiculous.
3: <laughs> Texas says, what about the Wisconsin loss that has to be? Yeah, the, the, the we're talking about the worst Kentucky losses in recent memory. I think Wisconsin's in its own category. Like yeah,
1: I was going in that little span of three years.
3: We're talking when they've. In yeah. this period of time after their last Final Four appearance, the Wisconsin loss, yeah. I mean, you lose immortality. You lose the the first forty and O season. You lose the argument for being the greatest team of all time. Yeah, like that. I can't imagine how bad that would have hurt. I, although I will say, like, you I can't imagine how happy it made me when it. Did. I was going to say, like, <laughs> people talk all the time about you know you you shouldn't be a hater. You shouldn't do those things. Oh no. And I would I, I would come back with that by saying in moments like that. Your veins are filled with lightning. It is an electricity that you can't possibly know unless you are a true hater. And I'm sure Kentucky fans feel the same way about some moments in Louisville history. Um, but that moment right there, it was. It was also. It was euphoric. To, but it was also just refreshing to know that we weren't going to have to hear about that 40-0 season for the rest of our lives because that's a pretty difficult trump card to to override
1: i mean you talk about like some of my favorite college basketball moments in life that might be near my bottom top 10
3: I felt like Rudy reading his acceptance letter. was Like, mean, oh, thank God!
1: So, like, it shouldn't be like Louisville is like Louisville games are like one through nine, and maybe number ten is Wisconsin. right there.
3: <laughs> it, just like
1: sneaking in. It was just, just such in. a save. <laughs> it was. I, I really did. It was like, which is kind of good because it might have been Notre Dame if they'd done it the round before. I know. I'm just like trying. <laughs> thank God. Oh, thank God. I mean, I feel like I don't think I've ever cheered for a team like the only the closest would be maybe 99 Ohio State against St. John's Elite Eight because I was 19. I was. I liked the uh, I'd, I'd met players on that team and, and, and so on and so forth. Louisville was where Louisville was. And uh, I was very excited when that team went to the Final Four. Like, I, yeah, I mean, that's that's the only other comparison I can think of it that isn't involved with the University of Louisville, is that one Wisconsin team.
3: Let's take our final break. When we come back, we'll take some uh, some texts to wrap up the, the end of the show. We'll also make our predictions for tonight's Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Uh, Before we do, though, reminding you one more time about our guys over at AirServe. If your heat or air conditioning is having issues, who knows? It may get cold again. It's Louisville. You never know for sure. If you're having issues with either system, call our friends over at AirServe of Louisville. Uh, They'll make you – they have technicians available for you 24-7. They're going to come out to your home, your place of business, at any hour of any day and fix your problem. Call them at 502-785-8600. You can also visit them online at AirServe.com slash Louisville. They have a section there where you can – uh, request an appointment online airserve.com slash Louisville A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V dot slash Louisville or call them at 502 785 All All right, final break here. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show on a Thursday on the Big X. I'm seeing the the tweets about Antonio Reeves that people were talking about him essentially going to Memphis State. And it is Andrew Slater saying, uh, don't bet against Stansbury with the Tiger, which is the old uh, Jeff Goodman line. Never bet against Rick Stansberry. Slick Rick's going to beat mean, you in those battles. getting it. He's making it happen. Although, I guess it's technically. The Memphis enough. lose
1: a lot of people. I mean, how much do they have coming back from last year's team?
3: They lost a decent amount. They, now, they may get DeAndre Williams back. This was a story yesterday who's trying to get another year of eligibility to play college basketball. He is 27 years old. <laughs> There's gotta be a so, limit here. So wait a minute. He's the same age as the Beatles when they broke up. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're telling me?
1: Two of them. <laughs> He's the same age.
3: Paul, Paul and uh and Harrison, He's the same
1: age Eric Spolster was when he
3: when his first year as an assistant coach. Yeah. <laughs> He's a year younger than Buddy uh, than uh the Big Bopper when he got in the plane crash. Yes. Five years older than than Buddy Ollie. A Ten full, years older than Richie A Valens. Decade older than Richie Valens. <laughs> Incredible. Uh we've got about Did, did we ever fake did Monty Bates officially leave his name in? Yes, he did. He, okay. He,
1: I, know, I, I can't remember if you mentioned it or if I just didn't see it or what.
3: He's staying in the draft. I saw Adam Zagori had a tweet about um, him working out for a couple of teams today. Okay. I think, I think he worked out for the Jazz and, and some other teams. But he's, it sounds like he's probably going to be a second round pick. Now, we got a, about hmm. an hour ago, I, I just saw this. If you remember from, you know, we've, we've talked about so many names in the transfer portal back when we had scholarships available. And one guy that I was, like full on in love with was, was Ray J Dennis, who was the Mac player of the year at Toledo last season. He went through the draft process. I think it was always more, far more likely than not that he was going to come back and enter the transfer portal than it was uh, him staying in the draft. But he announced an hour ago that he is going to go to Baylor, um, which he now, he steps into the role that they lost Adam Flagler, who was kind of a surprise stay in the draft guy last night at the deadline. This fills that void um, this is what Scott Drew does. A lot of plug-and-play guys, a lot of big-time transfers. He gets it done. Reggie Dennis, I think, is a guy who would he'd start anywhere, pretty much. I wish we would have gone after him, but who knows if we could have even I wonder gone wonder if there. Boise State guy still loves him. That's where he started. Oh, really? I didn't realize it, too. It's was clicked on me. He
1: played two years at Boise State. before transferring to Toledo. Now, really, opened up once he transferred. He was a starter Boise both freshman and sophomore year, but never. Okay. It averaged eight points his sophomore year. Which four and eight points and then twelve and nineteen.
3: He played on some good boise teams there. I think they made the the first four at least one of those years.
1: Uh they went twenty nineteen. No, they had good seasons. But did, no. did they make the tournament? Yeah, twenty and twelve under Leon Rice his freshman year. Uh and then nineteen and nine his sophomore year, which would have been That's the COVID year. Oh no, well, yeah, yeah. Was COVID? Yeah, you know, COVID's twenty twenty one, right? Right. It was post COVID, but
3: like there was the year that was like everybody had games canceled.
1: Yeah, so. they were nineteen and 9, 14 and 6, fourth in the
3: conference. So he may have made that tournament. Yeah, he Leon Rice is a beast. They, they made it in twenty eighteen. Oh, right before he got there. And they made it in twenty one. Right after he left. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I thought you said twenty one was the COVID year. That was when he was playing that. Uh, no, the only two years he was there was the just what I just told you. The, his freshman year, they did not. Right, and then you said sophomore year was twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, they, but that was that right, way. and they made the the NC tournament that year. Oh,
1: it doesn't show it listed as a tournament game on here.
3: I don't know. I thought they would. Usually they do. Leon Rice getting it done. They went last. No, they year. went to
1: the NIT. Oh, maybe that's what I saw. Yeah, they went to the NIT. They didn't go. Yeah, because they got beat by Nevada in the first round of their regular season tournament. Oh, uh, because they've been the last two years. I know that. Yeah, that was yeah that was Leon Rice so he was with he's at L... You know me now? No, no, he's still there. Oh, is he still there? okay? He's the man. No, I'm thinking of Rose. Was it Rose that went to UNLV?
3: I don't know. It was a
1: I, yeah. I think I'm thinking yeah, to the names here. Leon Rice
3: is a he's a he's one of the best quotes in all of college basketball. He uh he he kayaked across a river one time as a, on a bet. He uh he's he's an interesting cat. If you have time, bored one day, just Google search him. He's a, a funny guy. We got about ten minutes here. If you want to get thoughts in on the Thornton Sachs line, now is the time to do so. Five zero two. 414 1450. We'll try to play catch up here with as many of these as we can. Texas Rapid fire, baby. Texas, I'll be disappointed if you and TK don't cheer for the Nuggets. I'm assuming that's from Sean. I'm just going to guess that's Sean
1: Both. Uh, I'm cheering for the Nuggets. ABA all the way, baby. I'll cheer for the Nuggets. They're the last ABA team to make the finals. There you go. And let's get one that hasn't, other than the Spurs, to win one. They're the, the Spurs,
3: the only one to do it. Text uh some sends in a tweet from a news station that says some men use maxi pads for excess quote gooch grease. <laughs> I've never used a maxi pad. I, I I don't know
1: if I should ask what gooch grease is.
3: I mean, I can assume. Is that like? It's like that sweat from that the, the, the part between your your butt. Oh, I didn't know it was called the uh, I always
1: the gooch. thought it was something called something else. A taint. Yeah, that's yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Big big. Big word when we were growing up. <laughs>
3: somebody was really trying to get you
1: going. I'm really walking on eggshells on this one here. I clearly am not.
3: It's 5.50. There's a know. role reversal for you. The uh, Somebody was trying to get you fired up early today. Oh, uh, they at 3.10. It. Trevor, did you know wrestling isn't real?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Still real to me. Texture says, going back to the... Basketball versus football discussion, uh, Texas. It cuts deeper when Louisville basketball sucks duh, than when football sucks. I think that's true right now because
1: it's a good way to can make the comparison. I guess which one's more
3: popular. Yeah, I mean, well, we've always we've also like regardless of how old you are listening to this, we've all of us have grown up at times when basketball has had far less like losing crap seasons than football has. We're 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 used to football having the occasional really down year where. You know, we don't go to a bowl game or, you know, we, we're just not that good. No. Basketball, more like terrible seasons for basketball are missing the NCAA tournament and having, still having like 2021 wins, a, at least until the last like three, four years. Um, so yeah, this, I mean, this is new for all of us, this this dealing with basketball. Texas says, you all missed an opportunity with the transfer portal music. We need the mortal combat music, but instead it's portal combat. That's a, <laughs> that's a John Ross thing. We can't take that. Oh, is it? He does Portal Combat. He does so many sticks here. I'm not supposed to keep track of them all. I know. It's Yeah, he's. I mean, that's
1: his thing. Sticks are a stick. I still I still got mad the day I played the uh, the coming out of Boston song one day on the Sweeney Show. And they were like, you can't do that. It's t music. I'm like, no, it's not. It's
3: Dropkick Murphy's. <laughs> uh, one time, poor. Uh, when we I know. On you told me that about Not Spencer yeah. Keatsman. He played the that, uh, whatever that's the Werewolves of London. Werewolves of London, yeah. And like John Ramsey, I think, just turned bright red. John was that's, just like, can't do that. I hate that. I'm like, just because they got lucky and they fell backwards into using that. I mean, well, also, Spencer had no idea. I don't think he ever had listened to Matt Jones. Honestly, like, I felt bad for him. I didn't know
1: anything about the Dean or Till. They said something yeah. to me about it. I was like,
3: what? Texture says TK, you binge more of a TV series in one night than I can watch in two months. It is impressive. I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult.
1: Like, what are you doing over two months? Like, you just not watch, you just not enjoy television?
3: I don't know. I mean, it's, some people don't have that much time.
1: I mean, what else are you also doing with your time?
3: Parenting, going out, working. I, don't I mean,
1: I I I,
3: I work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, work as much as you. I don't know the parenting part, but <laughs> now you do. You do blog stuff. So I was you do say I've got day.
3: three jobs. I don't think you yeah. do. Texas says, I liked Cloyd, and I thought that he'd have a good year, but him transferring is probably a sign of what's progressing behind him. There you go. TK said that. He either felt he was going to be splitting a lot of PT, or he got a bigger NIL deal somewhere else. I don't see a huge depth a hole in a four-two-five. That just means bigger years for TJ Quinn, Jackson Hamilton, Jalen Alderman, Watson, Rieger, with Brown and Stan Kwan starting. I think Jackson Hamilton and Rieger are going to surprise some people. I hope so. I mean, it's... It's still a lot I mean, of question marks there. I
1: would question. I would wonder about the nil thing, depending on where he lands.
3: I guess we'll find out. I mean, yeah. if he goes
1: somewhere smaller where he knows he can play, that may want to pay him more money because they think he can impact them more than he maybe would have here. Then I can see that, I guess, but I, I don't think that's. I, I have trouble believing because I don't think he has maybe a destination already
3: locked in. I can't. I'm, I'm with you because I can't imagine that KJ Cloyd is getting big time NIL offers. I mean,
1: even if he is, to say it's a smaller school, like I don't know, like not not to be mean, but Western. Okay, and they, 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 cause, I mean, and he would maybe get he would more impact player for their defense than maybe he would be here. Like, but even if that's the case, can that school really even offer more to that type player than we would to a secondary
3: player? I, I can't. I'd hope that. not. I would hope not too. Texas says, uh, "Will the Big X retweet my book because I'm the same age as Buddy Holly was?" It's a well. How were, how old were you when you wrote your book? It's a David uh, Coomer's book, The Misery House. Okay. I'm not familiar with the you, Dave, Well, David, he's a listener, and he just wrote a book. Pretty much, I think I, I think it was it based on my life. Shout, <laughs> shout <laughs> out to my guy, David. Congrats uh, on your new book. Thanks, David. He also I says, want royalties. He also says, one last thing, Trevor, who should I bet on for the Reds tonight? Ooh. I'm assuming the line's one and a half. Uh, I don't know. Because every baseball line's one and a half. It's Hunter Green versus Chris Sale tonight. Ooh, hold on. I got Hunter
1: Green. I need to make sure he's in my starting lineup. Hold on. Uh, I don't know if you should. No, I, I, I start every starting pitcher.
3: I've got a bad feeling about tonight. I mean, he's good. We're good. The Reds have already won the series, which is all that matters. But it is. It, it's yeah. Boston is minus one sixty-five tonight. Um, well, but so Boston's the the minus one and a half. Yeah. It, the sp- the line
1: spread, is always one and a half.
3: Well, I'm just seeing all the other games. Like Minnesota's minus minus one forty. The Houston's well, minus one forty-five. Boston's the at, biggest favorite tonight. You're looking at money lines, okay? Because Chris Sale is is pitching against Hunter Green. But Chris Sale, like his arm fell off. No, he's back.
1: Did they reattach it? It's reattached. Good he's, for them. He's out
3: there starting. He's five and it's like two. It's Steve
1: Austin, not not the wrestler one, but the Bionic Man one. If it were me, I wouldn't have been on the Reds tonight. But they they had the longest winning streak in baseball right now. And if I'm getting the the, the 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 if I'm taking on the spread, then I'm gonna take it. But on the money line, probably not. I think the Reds getting a run. I don't think they lose by more than two runs, or they lose by a run. I'm gonna take the Reds. Okay. Getting one and a half, if that's
3: the case. Texas says the Wisconsin loss was certainly the start of the burning in Rome. The program hasn't been the same since. Cal was dominating the sport before that. Was he? I mean,
1: he had the kind of—I mean, he had the nit year not long before that, right?
3: It was. And the year before that, didn't they lose in the second that.
1: round to in Indiana?
3: The year right before that season? No, it was 2016. That was after they, they had that. Like I, I will say, like his first okay. six years, you know, 2010, they're a one seed, they get upset in the Elite Eight. 2011, Final Four. 2012 national champions, 2013, they suck, NIT. Yeah. 2014 national championship game, 2015 undefeated season ends in the final four. Like they were on a big time heater. And since then, they haven't done much. So just like us, that's all that matters, right? No final fours. Louisville and Kentucky have basically been the same since 2015. (laughs) Texas says that's a fact. The feeling uh, that I had watching UK's 40-0 season go up in smoke had to have been on par with when Hawaiians found out that an atomic bomb wasn't actually coming. Do you remember that a few years ago? <laughs> Where all the Hawaiians got like that, that, that the alert that was basically like, you seek shelter, there's an incoming like, bomb. Did they have to go hide under their desks? It was like five years ago. You don't remember the story? Well, no, I don't. It was like a huge thing. Like, there no. was some huge I remember the Cuba up. Missile Crisis morning. I remember this, and I wasn't even born for that. No, this was like five years ago. Like, they all, like, there are all these videos of people, like, they interrupt. They're like, oh, my God. Like, this is, and it, all the messages were like, this is real. Like, they, like, please seek shelter immediately. And people are panicking. People are going nuts. And it turns out it was just some sort of failure in their security system. Did, so who did they think was going to drop an A-bomb on them? They don't know. I mean, who? I don't think they were asking those questions at that point. I think they were just worried about dying. I
1: mean, I'm curious about who's bringing mean, You just can't, like, this is like Pearl Harbor. I mean, we could see him coming, right? I mean.
3: Again, it wasn't actually happening. (laughs) Oh, okay. It was just a. It was kind of like war games. It was all on a computer. Yeah, it was a a screw-up in the security system. Imagine being that person who made that screw-up that day. It's like, well, (laughs) it's time (laughs) to update the old resume.
1: Meanwhile, no one remembers him, but Steve Bartman, poor, still can't go get a cup of coffee in Chicago.
3: Texture says this is My the last God. one. I know you read this off uh, <laughs> off air. Pat McAfee makes more money in one day than Trevor will make in his entire life. Yet he has the audacity to joke about his intelligence. Yes, lol. I do.
1: I'm sorry. Did you think intelligence matters on in how much you make? Clearly, you uh, think Donald Trump is a genius.
3: He might. <laughs>
1: <laughs> does it really intelligence the amount how much you make doesn't does really matter? Your does that tell your intelligence? I don't think Pat. No, but I don't think Pat McAfee's because I mean most geniuses are, are have died
3: broke, right? I wouldn't say that. Didn't Tesla like die like broke and he I was- still I wouldn't say most geniuses okay. die broke. I think most geniuses they find ways to to make money at least in this day and age.
1: Yeah, and and, and most of them that make the money aren't always geniuses.
3: That's I, I I I agree with you. I'm not I'm with that. I'm
1: not saying the guys I told him more on. I I'm I, I'm being hyperbolic a little bit and hot takey, but he is I don't find him entertaining. He is kind of in that con Cowherd, Jim Rome area to me.
3: I, he doesn't bother me that I mean, he's not his stick isn't really my thing, but I exactly. when I and do hear him is. give like genuine takes on things, I do, I, I think he comes off as is pretty rational, pretty well reasoned. Um, but he's he also sounds a lot like Jared Stillman. Have you ever caught that? I remember, I know, I
1: know, I know, I know Stillman is, but I don't, yeah, I don't know. Their I don't, inflection,
3: but... the way they talk, sounds a lot alike. And I texted Jared one time and I was like, Have you ever gotten this before? And he just said, like, Stone, he's like, he's like, yes. Like, he's pissed <laughs> off about it. I'm like, well, it's not the worst person in the world to be compared to right now.
1: I wonder who I would be compared to, uh, like, famously that I sound like. You're your own man. <laughs> in your own category. We know you. You're Rome. Yeah, I know. I don't know how that happened, but. Like, yeah, I, 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 like, I want to know who I am.
3: Come on, um, people go out there and find it for me. This would have been a great comment. I would have liked the text line responses if that if you'd said that at like 4 30. Well, but get, now we? it's <laughs> back to the year. We got bad space We gotta go quick. Uh Heat Nuggets tonight, 8 30 is a tip off on ABC in Denver. Denver is a nine point favorite. TK, oh. who you got? Uh Miami.
1: Take Miami on the points and the money line tonight. Rack it up while you can because this will be their only one. I'm gonna say
3: Nuggets win. I'm not gonna say they cover, but it's like close cover. I'm gonna say they win by 10. There you go. Right. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the hoops tonight or enjoy whatever you got going on this Thursday. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Bats Baseball's up next. Go Bats. Twin eight win 8-9. Make it happen. Oh, is that it? What a good thing.
2: Take me down to Mexico. Rosarito. Baja California. Oh, Lord. Take me down to Mexico. Rosarito. Baja